Sifters. It's Game Face episode 88. I know I say this every single episode that we have a great episode, but today I truly mean it. Lots of big games. This is actually a game focused episode instead of topic focused. One day you're going to have to just say, like, today sucks. Yeah. I'm trying to stay optimistic. I always think they're going to be awesome. You never know until the show happens. But uh, I promise you, today is going to be a great episode. Uh, the cat is out of the bag on Destiny 2, and we're going to talk all about it. And we're going to deal with uh, Injustice 2, which until just this moment, I did not realize does not have a subtitle. No, it doesn't. Yeah, the god they ditched the gods yeah, among the us. The gods are no longer among us. <laughs> and uh, lastly, we're going to talk about a game that, as I've been playing, I've noticed is a mashup of like four or five of my favorite games. And that game is The Surge. Let's go! Greetings and salutations! Happy Friday afternoon from your friends at Sifted. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm Matt Kyle. And we love you. <laughs> <laughs> we got some big games coming out. Strange for so many big games to be coming out and good games to come out around this time of year. Yeah. Uh, lots of big events that happen this week as well. We're going to talk about all that stuff. It's going to be a great episode, and it's action-packed and packed with content, so we got to get straight to it. First, we're going to talk about Injustice 2. Matt, this game has been scoring sky high. Yep. Probably the highest review scores I've seen for a fighting game since maybe Street Fighter 4. Yeah, I would say that's pretty true i think yeah. street fighter 4 netted out at around a 9.1 9.2 metacritic this game's tracking around that nine level is mm. it up to that quality um i don't know if it's up to that quality in terms of like a tournament fighter uh like something you'll see at evo for the next 10 years or something yeah but it probably has the most single player content uh i've ever seen in a fighting game so that's i assume one of the key elements is that like even if you don't have friends to play with you got a lot to do We'll get to the campaign in a second, because that's something we should definitely talk extensively about. But what other sort of single-player stuff is there? Well, um, the main meat of, of the single-player stuff is something called the multiverse, yeah. which is... It's actually a little bit like a mobile game. Like, because when you... The idea... I mean, the DC Universe has always had this idea that there's a whole bunch of alternate Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths and all that stuff. Um, and... So the idea here is you go into the multiverse and you get shown like a, a collection of planets and they're all alternate Earths. And they each have kind of a little fluff thing that tells you, oh, Apocalypse uh, is invading Earth in this one, or Superman is evil on this one, or, or Batman has gotten a, a Green Lantern ring and he's wreaking havoc and you have to stop him. None of that really matters. Like it doesn't actually bear anything on it, but like basically these planets are there for a limited amount of time. Um, so they're like events. Like events, yeah. So, so they're called events, in fact. And so uh, they can last as short as like five hours and as long as, I mean, I think the, the, well, there's one apocalypse one that's up for like the next two weeks or something. Um, but basically you go in and each one has a, little, has a bunch of missions and the missions are just like, you know, a, a line of fighters to fight. Uh, you know, you have to fight a bunch of them in a row. Um, and... Uh, Sometimes there's special... You so know, they're just ladders. Of they're ladders, but sometimes there's special effects. Like, there's, I've played one where there's acid rain pops up once in a while, and if you're under the acid rain cloud, you get constantly damaged. Uh, there's one I played where uh, the Joker's your ally, so you can call him in as, like, an assist. Uh, there's one where they're just... And can the other player... Are you playing against other people? No, or this? It's, it's all single player. Okay. Um, so, and there's one where, like, you can... Uh, like, there's people throwing rockets at you from off-screen and stuff. 
Um, and so if, as you beat these things, you get um, mother boxes, which are... Um, loot boxes. Loot boxes. <laughs> I mean, mother boxes are computers from you know, the, the Jack Kirby's New God stuff. Uh -huh. But they're all, they're, you have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, and diamond uh, loot boxes. And you open them and you get gear and abilities and background stuff. And it, because... Uh, they turn this game into a loot game. They so, well, every game is being turned into yeah. a loot game. <laughs> so, I mean, on the plus side, uh, you can buy the boxes with, like, currency that you buy with real money. But I've gotten, like, a hundred for, for just playing normal. Like, this, they're not... Good, good ones, though? Yeah, I've gotten yeah. some... I, I, my Batman, Any diamonds? I have gotten three diamonds. Wow. Um, those tend to come from... Like, you get one, I think, for completing the story mode. You get one for... Completing like some of the tutorial stuff, like they give it to you for like completing major milestones, and then on top of that, there's loot boxes you get from guild from being in the guilds. Um, and you, how does that work? You just join a guild. However, you know you can either have it invite only or, or open, which anyone can join. There are up to fifty people in a guild, and basically everything you do once you're in a guild contributes to the guild's totals. Like they track every kind of stat imaginable, and as the the guild as a whole gets you know completes things like open a certain number of loot boxes or do a certain amount of damage to boss characters or whatever you or complete a certain number of uh, events you get a guild loot box which has different stuff in it so that's a little bit like the factions in for honor yeah where everyone kind yeah, of joins a, a faction and then you all work together to kind of accomplish a yeah, goal it's not as detailed in the sense that factions has like a strategic map and stuff right. but it's more of a join with other players and the stuff you're doing gains another level of relevance in terms of like getting you stuff now do you actually interact with the other people in your guild in any way no no, no. You, you <laughs> so have, there's a message board where you can go no there's a chat room oh, okay uh, so like if you if you load up the guild screen there is a chat room where you can talk to each other Okay. Um, and it shows all your totals and shows who's gaining the most points and shows your rank. Uh, my guild was ranked number four for a while. Wow. Uh, it no longer is. Yeah. And now that more people have but been But for like, like, a, like two or three days, we were in the top Not ten. Not bad. Uh, and then I assume everybody had to go back to work or something. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it, uh, it, 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 there is a lot to do. I mean, of course, the multiverse stuff never runs out, and like some of it's level-driven, and then there's special objectives on each multiverse event where, like, you know, beat this this particular like you know stage. Beat it with Harley Quinn, right? Or um, you know, don't use uppercuts. And then like, so it's basically like a little little micro challenges you can. Do you enjoy playing. it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, it keeps it fresh. Uh, it's it and it goes kind of forever, and it and the loot thing keeps you kind of interested. And it's a fast way to level up fighters because you have a fighter level, like all games do now. But each fighter also has a level that each fighter can level up to level twenty, and their level determines which gear they can use so like right now i've got a bunch of like epic gear for like you know harley quinn and she's still level four so she can't use it yet and that so gear, there's an incentive to use each character that gear transfers over to all modes right when you go online yes. your character will have that customized look have a customized look although she, they won't have the effects okay uh, I, I believe that they, makes sense like because because they boost substantially oh, they okay. can substantially and add like special effects and like there's like a, if you're wearing a full set, you get a, a special bonus effects from it's, it's like Diablo. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure they deactivate all that For when you go online. Purposes. You just look different. Yeah. Um, and you can look pretty drastically different depending on which what gear you have. Like like. And of course, there are some skins for certain characters that turn them into completely different characters. Right. But um, you know, I mean, Batman always more or less looks the same. But like some of the other characters can look like radically different, like different masks and different faces, and and you know, some like Swamp Thing can look. Very different from player to player. Is there a tutorial in the game? Yeah, there's, a, there's a fairly extensive tutorial that teaches you all the basics, 
and then each character actually has their own tutorial. Oh wow! Uh, that sort of teaches you their basic combos and basic moves and how they, how they work, um, which is again something that fighting games desperately need. Yeah. Um, so you can go to the tutorial screen and like you go through them. It asks you to go through the main tutorial at the beginning, and once you finish that, you go back to the tutorial screen. There's a thing at the option at the bottom that says character, and you go there and you can pick any of the characters and list them. With like you know, at first it'll be like, zero, like Batman's like zero out of six, and like Superman zero out of ten. So they have like that's how many stages of the tutor individual tutorial they have. Oh, okay. And then once wow. you finish that, they'll be listed as you know you have six out of six, you have ten out of ten. So then I think you get a, a like a special mother box, either a platinum or a diamond mother box for finishing all of those. And there might actually be a trophy for it. I don't know. All right, so let's move on to the campaign. Um, IGN took all the cinematics from the campaign and stitched them together into one video that was. Almost three hours long. Yeah, it's a long one. A lot of people, at least on Sifted, have been saying that those things stitched together make a better DC movie than most of the films that have come out over the last like decade. I would agree with that. Wow. Um, is that an indictment of how good the story is in this or how bad the movies have been? A bit of both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, mean to me, I think the last good DC movie was The Dark Knight. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And uh, this one, here's the thing. This one is still pretty dark and grim and violent in places, but it's not all that. And it's it remembers who the characters are, and there's some nice bits where, because, like, like, you know, it's it's the aftermath of the first game, plus some com there's some comics in between uh, that I guess... Yeah, there's a comic series right now that's going on for yeah. Injustice 2. There was a big... I mean, Injustice uh, had a big comic series that led, uh, lasted a lot of issues. Like, there, were, it was, there was five years. Um, so it was like, it's called Injustice Year 1, Year 2, Year 3, Year 4, Year 5. And I think they all had, like, 24 issues per year. And they tell the story it's of... a lot. The point from which... Uh, it's a prequel to the first game. So it tells the story of from when... Superman kills the Joker to how everything gets to the state it is in when the first game begins. Okay. And do they give you a recap? Really, or it, uh, I guess it wouldn't be a recap. Well, not really. They, no. they give you a little bit. I mean, basically, they, they like Superman turned evil and took over the world, and, and some of these other guys helped him. But part of the problem, like, so, so the, the, that comic, by the way, is really good. Like, okay. shockingly good. And so then they did a comic called Ground Zeroes, which retells the game. And then they've been doing a comic recently called Injustice 2, which bridges the gap between the last game and the new game. Right. So in the, if I remember correctly, Superman got banished to the Phantom Zone at the end of the first game. But in this game, he's at the beginning of this game, he's, he's uh, being held in a cell, a prison cell uh, at a Luther Wayne Foundation uh, that's bathed in red sunlight, so he doesn't have his powers. Right. And I think the comics explain how that transit. I think he escaped the Phantom Zone or something, because um, he makes reference to the fact that he'll ne the Phantom Zone can't hold him during the game. Um, but basically, uh, so everything's been dealt with from the last game. Like it opens with Bruce Wayne talking to a uh, like a like a, some kind of judiciary panel about. How you know we have to move on and da, da da da. It seems like it's been a few years later. The guys who worked with Superman are in jail, um, and then uh, Brainiac shows up. And uh, Brainiac is one of Superman's key villains in this continuity. He's the one who killed his Superman's parents and destroyed Krypton, uh, which he is in some continuities. Um, and so the idea is like Batman goes to, goes to Superman and is like, "Tell me everything you can tell me about Brainiac," and Superman's like. How do you know who that is? Right. Like, you can't beat him without me. And, and Batman's like, I'll find a way. And of course, the story is about 
how all these heroes that you know just fought, you know, recently fought a war against each other have to band together to fight Brainiac, and what's going to happen if they lose? What's going to happen if they win? Can they get along? Wonder Woman, by the way, is a real problem in this in this, this story. Like Wonder Woman is still very solidly on. We have to stab every motherfucker <laughs> all the time, every day. Uh, Do like, you think they made her prominent like that because of the film coming out? No, she's not very prominent actually oh, okay. in, in the, the story. But it's just her main character portrayed. trait is I want to kill everything that looks at me funny. Oh, um, she stabs many things, and uh, I mean she's a well, warrior. I'm pleasantly surprised by the trailers for the film. Yeah, you know, it looks the, like it's going to be a pretty aggressive. So far, film. I mean, I don't trust a lot of reactions because the press reactions just came out yesterday, but they are enthusiast press. Right. If you know what I mean? Like, I'll wait and see what Variety has to say as right. well. But they're very positive, and many of the comments are like, "I hated all the, I hated the other two DC expanded extended universe films, and this one actually sent me out of the theater with something to enjoy." It doesn't hurt like, that she's really easy on the eyes. Well, I don't think she's a very good Wonder Woman casting. I don't uh, think. I think, well, I don't, I think I don't, she's too skinny. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying she's whoever. That, I don't even know who she is, but she's very attractive. What Gal Gadot? Is that her name? That's her name. Yeah, she's in the whatever her name is. She's she's beautiful. in the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. Ah, uh, okay. Um, also, a member of the Israeli military uh, uh, could kill you. Yeah, with a bare hands. Yeah. Um, no, she, I, I think, yeah, but like, I, if I want to see a pretty girl, I can see almost any movie Hollywood makes. I'm looking for You're a right. good movie. No, I get it. Um, I mean, Chris Pine is also not hard on the eyes. Either. Apparently, he's very good, too. Yeah. Apparently, see, I was, I'm skept, I was skeptical about that movie because I didn't think she her performance was particularly good in Batman vs. Superman. She's not a great actress, um, generally. But, but the impression so far, I mean, she knocks it out of the park in this one. Good. So maybe it just was she had nothing to work with in that movie, which is true. She was still the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, How she, does the campaign work? How's it structured? Because it's just like the the recent um, Mortal Kombat and the last game, where it's just you get a basically you get cutscenes, and then eventually a fight breaks out. Each chapter focuses on one on, on one character, but I'll, sort of I'll get to. So it's like chapter one, whatever Batman, and like so you're gonna play three or four fights as Batman until the next chapter runs through. So and there's a really nice seamless transition between cutscene and fight. Um, and then the new thing in this, or maybe it was in the last Mortal Kombat. I don't know, remember if I played the last Mortal Kombat for very long. So but, for that but whole chapter, you fight with, but as as Batman, right? But what I'm saying is, there's some chapters where there's two characters, and you pick which one to okay. fight as in each fight. Gotcha, gotcha. And then depending on which one you use most, I think you get different bonuses unlocked at the end of each one. And there's actually a trophy and some special final chapter for going through the game uh, a second time and picking the other stuff you didn't pick gotcha. this time. So does it change drastically if you choose another character? No, it's just, it's just a, it's just a di- usually different fight, sometimes against a different opponent, but usually I think it's usually the same opponent. Okay. And then I believe at the very end there's a, there's one final choice, and I think that makes the difference in what the ending is. All right. Do you uh, do you did you finish the campaign? Yeah. Do you play as every single character on the roster by the time you get no. to the end of it? You don't. You play, I'd say about half. Maybe Any noteworthy more. exclusions that you were kind of pissed off you didn't get to? No, experience? I mean you don't play as a lot of the villains. That's okay, basically, like the villains that are, makes sense. are kind of you know it's you versus the villains, and then some of the previous villains are on the side of the good guys now, like uh, Harley Quinn. Um, but generally, you're playing as the as the good guys. How long did it take you to finish the campaign? Mm, I'm gonna say it was about five, six hours. Ooh, not much. Um, it's pretty good for a fighting game. Yeah, I mean it's, it's probably the longest fighting game campaign I've ever played. And also, like, I mean, once I had the combos down with some of these guys, it was 
pretty easy. Is there a difficulty setting for the campaign? I didn't see one. Uh, there might be one, but I didn't notice one. Yeah. Um, I mean, some stuff. I mean, Bra the you know the fighting against Braniac is hard because he does like something like double or triple damage and takes half damage. So like you're you basically got to you know, and the and the game, you know, it's it's a Nether Realm game, so uh, damage adds up real fast. Uh, you can you can you know I got I, I figured out one combo with Batman that's like fifty five percent damage. Oh wow! Like uh, how many hits? 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, and it's not like something that you can do anytime, but like if you can get it off, like you're doing more damage than most super moves. Yeah. Um, which are, you know, super moves are back, crazy, crazy. Th basically, they're back with the What about like, all the environmental stuff? Is that Environmental still... stuff's still in. It's, I mean, there's tons of stuff that no one would live through in this game. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, they're superheroes. Well, Batman's just a dude. Yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> there, is, there was a scene where, uh, like, Supergirl is. Uh, gets in a conflict with uh, some guys and, and Nightwing tries to stop her. And I'm like, bro. Like, <laughs> you're I, just some dude. <laughs> you're, you're a guy with a stick. I don't think, yeah. I don't think you're going to win this one. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty good. They, got, they have a lot of the old voices from the, uh, the 90s DC animated stuff. They have Kevin Conroy's Batman. They have um, a guy I can't remember, who, but he was the voice of Superman in those. He's back. Does Hamill play Joker? No, wow. uh, Joker. Well, Hamill is Hamill doesn't do the Joker much anymore. Hamill because it's hard on his throat. Yeah. Um. So he's played by. I first I thought it was Troy Baker because it does sound a lot like him. I thought it might have been uh, Troy doing his uh, Joker impression from Arkham Origins, but it's actually Richard Epcar, oh. uh, who is better known to anime fans as Batau from Ghost in the Shell, and would be known for, by for Persona Five fans as the Principal. Oh boy. Sounds nothing like him. Not I mean, exactly a memorable performance in Persona 5. No, but who was, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good voice cast. Uh, and they do a good... It feels like a, you know, like a DC, one of the good DC animated movies, yeah. I would say. It, it's similar to that. Um, it's like if they made a DC animated movie out of Injustice. Except sometimes you fight guys in gameplay. Um, so... You know, the fighting is not uh, tremendously interesting compared to, like, the multiverse because there's no, usually no, there's no, I don't think there's any extra special effects or things you're specifically fighting against or anything. It's just straight up fights. Right. Um, but um, it's just, like, it's a good, it's a decent story. And you enjoyed it all the way through. Yeah. Like, I, I, I actually played it a little bit longer than I intended to a couple times because I want to see what happened next. Good. Um, it's a so good sign. Good. The one weird thing about it is... Um, NetherRealm is not the greatest animation house in the world. Yeah. Uh, or greatest character. I mean, these are probably the best character models they've ever made and some of the best animation they've ever done, but that doesn't mean I'm calling it good. Yeah, I'm not um, a huge fan of uh, the art that they use for a lot of the kind of snap-on components for mm. costumes. Well, I'm more thinking about, makes how, them they, look... I'm thinking about how they move yeah. and uh, their, their faces. Because, like, this is the other thing is, like, the faces... I mean, you're assuming they're mo-capping, right? I mean, yeah, but I you kind of hang that on the actors? Not, no, something's not translating. Because the faces in the cutscenes are actually pretty good. But when they transition to the gameplay models, something goes real wrong huh. in some of them. Like, especially the women. Like, the female characters just, like, their faces in the game look weird huh and the faces in the cutscenes yeah, look these pretty look normal. great I yeah mean, these look fine yeah but when they tr you can even see it especially because you can notice because when it transitions to gameplay during I mean, the story that's pretty amazing yeah, they man. look great that's really incredible uh, somebody else is i mean i don't know if they got blurs i didn't yeah. pay attention to the credits um but like there's something that ha like when it transitions to gameplay you can tell because it switches to 60 frames a second yeah and all of a sudden like catwoman especially is like oh my god what happened <laughs> see, like it's 
like I don't know what's happening there. Um, maybe it's just the fact that you know these these cutscenes can have a lot more detail yeah, because they're sure. pre-rendered. Yeah. Uh, they might be in engine, but like rendered the way like Uncharted does, where like they render it in engine, but it takes like days right. to do a full scene. Yeah. Um, so I find that a little. W- I mean, they are getting better. It is improving, but I still don't think it's up to maybe par, especially these because like switching through the character mo- uh, selection screen at the beginning when I first started the game, I was like, oh, 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 like, and my girlfriend was just like, oh my god, don't pick Catwoman, don't pick like. And uh, there's a there's a Catwoman uh, one of one of her uh, head loot pieces is a full mask, and I'm really hoping to get that <laughs> drop at some point. Um, but there's like they all look, like anyone who do- isn't like a monster tends to look a little weird in the face to me. Human like, faces it, are one of the hardest things to replicate in games. Though, like even yeah. like Superman, I think looks strange in certain certain angles, and like uh, I mean it's not a huge deal because in gameplay they're pretty far away. Yeah, but. Um, it's just it was it was jarring to me how different the faces looked from the cutscenes to the gameplay. I think that's a sign of how good the game is, though. Is that that's sort of one of the things that you're pointing at as one of its deficiencies? Yeah, there's not a whole lot else. Go although uh, what was it? No, it's just, the the only other real complaint I have is that the Joker is more the Suicide Squad movie uh, Joker yeah. and not the real Joker because the Joker's dead in this yeah. continuity. Yeah. So the Joker in this is kind of treated as. Um, a hallucination oh. or a dream sequence or scarecrow's God, fear yeah. gas or whatever, because uh, like and it's actually pretty good. Uh, where um, similar to uh, Nether Realms other games, is at the beginning of the fight, the two fighters exchange some uh, some uh, you know pleasantries. Yeah. Back and, there's like three lines Smack back and talk, forth, yeah. and some of it's real specific to the characters, and that's nice. Uh, there was a good one. Um, and, and also when they do the clash thing, which I, I find the clash mechanic to be fairly useless. Yeah. But like the computer, kind of the computer does it yeah. constantly. Yeah. But there was a great one where um, uh, there was like well, I think it was like one of the villains. I think it might have been Atrocitus or something. Like, like basically, I was Batman, and he, he, the clash happened, and, Atro- and the enemy is like, it's like it's like you're nothing but a little man in a fancy suit or something. And, and <laughs> Batman just goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good because, like, some of the some of it's character specific, and some of it is just random, and they'll right. just sort of piece voice yeah, clips yeah. together. And sometimes it's kind they of funny. They don't make a ton of sense. How about the uh, competitive stuff? Is there like, isn't there like an esports thing baked into the game? Uh, if there is, I didn't notice it. I thought there was. Um, there's like a. I, I haven't dabbled too much with the online stuff. There's a there's ranked. There's player. There's private. That's the standard. You know, the standard array. Uh, it took me oddly long to get into matches, which is one reason I haven't played online too much. Is like I'm talking like sitting there for like a minute. Wow. For, like, Maybe I'm, the matchmaking is actually good. Maybe it's taking his time. <laughs> I mean, I I don't feel like I've gotten matched with people that were like crazy different from my like higher or lower than my skill level, uh, for the most part. How's lag? Not you know, really important, obviously, in fighting games. It's not really that noticeable. I mean, it's uh, I'd say it's on par with any other major fighting game right now. Um, at least I don't feel like I ever lost because of it. Well, you know, Street Fighter Five is completely rewriting its netcode. Is it right now? Yeah, hmm. yeah, they're uh, going to launch another beta just to work on the netcode. Wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess I got to admire their dedication. Yeah, for sure, they haven't given up work. in yeah. spite of a lot of uh, struggles that they've had with that game. Now just do Marvel vs. Capcom right the first time. Yeah, and maybe, yeah. Maybe you'll save yourself some effort. Yep. So the big question everybody has, obviously, you have hardcore fighting game fans who are going to buy every fighting game. But for most people, what they do is they buy one or two fighting games for their console, and they kind of stick with that for a mm-hmm. long time. So 
when you're looking at Injustice 2 and you're kind of placing it in that pantheon or totem pole, if you will, of fighting games, where does it fall? Is this the game that people should buy, or should they buy Street Fighter V? Should they wait for Tekken 7? I really... King of Fighters 14? Probably not King of Fighters 14. Yeah, I mean, I love a long King... shot. <laughs> I love King of Fighters, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty standard yeah. package. Uh, I think if you're if you're more into um, you know if you're gonna not be playing this online if you're not here to be competitive on like you know the online or tournament scene like I can't think of another fighting game that has more offline single player content than this game like, other this, than the first Injustice yeah, or I mean, this, this is way more though the multiverse yeah. thing is basically never ending and it doesn't really get old to me and all the leveling up and all the loot stuff there's a lot of, there's a lot to keep you busy here and I feel like if you enjoy playing it you're going to keep playing it for quite some time, even by yourself, because there's so much to keep doing. Um, so I think if you like the first one, or you like DC, or you you know you like Mortal Kombat even, I mean, it's very similar to Mortal Kombat in most respects. Um, Sub-Zero is even going to be in the first wave of characters they release. Seems a little um, odd to me. Well, Scorpion was in the last one. I know, but... It's just, it, it, I mean, when the premise of, of uh, the multiverse <laughs> thing is like anyone can come from any alternate world. Yeah, I guess. Uh, that, that's your out for that. Anybody can show up. I mean, you're probably not going to get like Freddy Krueger or something yeah, yeah. like in uh, Mortal Kombat, but I think we might see some fun guest characters. Um, I think, I can't think of another fighting game that's more to do for a single player, um, which is, I think, a big point in its favor because you, you can't always have somebody else over to play with. Would you recommend it over Street Fighter V? Because Street Fighter V is reviewed way lower, but it's been on the market for a while. It's had a lot of patches, a lot of improvements. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Street Fighter V like is probably a better fighting game from a pure fighting Mechanical game perspective. Perspective, yeah. But there's a lot more to do and see in this game than Street Fighter V will ever have. Um, so if you're, like I said, if you're not, you know, if you don't want to get in on the competitive scene. I think Injustice 2 is a better buy than Street Fighter V at this point. Wow. That's a bold statement from a huge Street Fighter fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Street Fighter fan. Yeah. I mean, but it's just, you know, while we're all... It is what around, it is, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, this is a much more single-player-focused game, and it's there to give you more stuff to do for your 60 bucks. Uh, and also, even though it does have a microtransaction system in it, at no point have I felt any compulsion to use it. Oh, wow. So That's great. So you feel like the, the way they've worked with the loot boxes and everything, it's not pay to win? Not it's, at all. No. It's, well, it's, 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 it's not, not even pay to play. It's right. like, you know, I mean, you can buy a lot more if you want, but I I mean, when I turned it off last night, I think I had like like something like 15 of each type of loot box except for Platinum and Diamond. Yeah. But it's like you, they, they th if, you're, if you're playing multiverse, you're getting bronze, silver, and gold boxes thrown at you every Constantly. five minutes. I mean, it's it's constant. Uh, the only thing holding you back, and they even have an option um, where you can set in the, in the, I think it's defaulted to on, but there's an option you can use that makes uh, it more likely for loot boxes and, and, and loot stuff to drop that's for the character you're using currently, which I think is really nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Certainly incentivize you to keep on going. Yeah, because at a certain point, you're at, you, know, you, you just want to power up the guy you're playing. Yeah. And uh, it certainly helped. I mean, my Batman, because I focused on Batman for, you know, the first, you know, for, until I got him to 20. Yeah. And um, by the end of that, I had some real good stuff for him. Uh, it, it, it does a good job of that. And uh, the other thing, of course, is that the, uh, the loot boxes that pop up, they are geared to the level you are. Like, they're already basically determined, like Overwatch. They're geared to what's in them is what's in them, and you're set. Like, there's no reason to save them. Oh, like, yeah. You don't have to like wait until you're a higher level to use them later because they they're matched to the level you were when you got them. 
So uh, it seems like they thought it out pretty well. And, he, and a matter of fact, uh, last night I, I was trying to finish a, mul a multiverse event, and the, t the timer was running out. So I started the last event in, in it with, with like, like, I think it was like 40 seconds left in the event. And so it, you know, it took me like five minutes to, to play the whole thing. And I still got everything. So as, as long, long as you start, you start it before, before the deadline. And, uh, and I think some, uh, a developer that not thought it out as well, like in the middle of like the second match, would be like, oh, the time's up. You're, right. not, like, you're sorry, yeah. we're going to kick you out. But like this, like, you know, the, it feels like it's there to have, for you to have a good time. Like the game is trying to uh, entertain you more than like set up a stone wall and say like, you, you can't come in unless you're good enough. Hyperbole check. Best fighter of this console generation? Hmm. Best total package, okay. I would say. Like I still think Street Fighter V is a great game. Yeah. It's just... Everything around it kind not of sucks. Not as feature rich. Yeah, yeah, it's not as feature rich, and also like like you say, they're still making it. Yeah, to some degree. You know? <laughs> still trying to fix but it. Really. This one, I mean, Injustice Two feels very solid. I think there's a you know, I don't, I still don't like fighting the big guys. They do too much damage too fast, yeah. especially when the I mean, it's not so bad online, but when the computer is playing, sometimes you get that fighting game thing where it's like, nope, uh, I know what you're gonna do already, and I'm gonna counter it right now, and that's annoying. Did you ever lose to the computer? Yeah, a couple times. Oh, good. Okay. The, not in the story. A couple times in the story mode, mainly mainly Brainiac because he does so much damage. Yeah. Um, and then multi. I mean, some of the multiverse stuff is actually really challenging uh, because of the extra special effects conditions and, stuff. and everything. Yeah, and, I, and the first time I did the acid rain condition, I didn't realize what right, was happening. Right. Yeah. So I was just standing there. You're and like, like, why I'm, am I dying? I'm, uh, at some point, I just <laughs> fell over dead, and I'm like, why is that? There is a weird thing where I again a little nitpick things because like uh, when you beat a guy. A lot of times they do that kind of another realm thing where they fall and they land and then they get up and then they kneel down. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is that just to show like it's a DC mandate like that they're not dead? Or like, Maybe. But it looks really weird because it's like fall down, roll a few times, boom, you're dead. Oh, get up, oh, so lay down. It was, it was, yeah. It just feels awkward. And then like stuff like that when you beat one, when you win a round, your character will do some kind of like pose Victory or something. Pose, yeah. One of Batman's is he he. Throws a smoke bomb down and then drops down from the ceiling exactly where he was before, and I'm like, what? Is, what is that supposed to be? like? How? I don't. Like, I think that's supposed to be like if you're too close, he does that and then drops in a, at a proper distance right, to start right. around in. Yeah. But he never does that. He just poof, I'm in the same place now. It's just like okay, sure. Well, it sounds like wholeheartedly recommending it for. Even yeah. maybe people who are casual fighting game fans. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like super excited about this game. I was nobody you know, was. If I was, uh, I mean, if I was not doing this show, I probably would have waited. I think it. a lot of people were and, kind of uh, tracking that way. And in fact, I had to go through some hoops to get this because I had it pre-ordered at GameStop, and I went there to pick it up, and they didn't have it. They didn't what? Have, they didn't have my copy. They're they like, had sold out all of them. They said that a few of them, few of the the because I went to got the ultimate edition, and they said that they were uh, a bunch of about half their shipment was still on the way, and they could get it to me later in the week. And I'm like, well, I got to play it for this thing on Friday, yeah. so I just canceled it and bought it online. Oh, I'm sorry because I mainly wanted the pre-order. Wait, did you still get the right edition that you wanted? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I, I, I pre-ordered a GameStop because you got uh, Dark Side free. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pay the five bucks for Dark Side if I want Dark Side later, and because Dark Side is not part of the story or anything like yeah. that. He's just, he's just a bonus because he was the boss from the last game. Right. But um, it was just not worth driving all the way back to West Hollywood for. Yep. Um, so that was... Which so, mileage-wise is like two miles. Right. In real probably, life, it's like an hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Like, in terms of gas spent, it's probably cheaper to just buy Dark Side. No, you're right. You'll save the five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about we we keep talking about PlayStation VR and you know what is the next big game for PlayStation VR that could potentially put it over the top and put it over the by, by saying put it over the top. I'm not saying like make it a success because it seems to be a success. Yeah, it, it, it certainly seems to be at least within success margins. It sold if you combine Vive and Rift together. PlayStation VR has sold three times those combined. Mm. So at least if you're looking at it relatively speaking to other HMDs, it is a success. But every time a big game or a full-featured game uh, is on the horizon for PlayStation VR, we always wonder if it's going to be the one that really like skyrockets it. Uh, we wondered if Resident Evil 7 Biohazard was going to be that game. It really wasn't, although it certainly didn't hurt. I, I think I saw the numbers were 200,000 people were playing of of those sold in the U.S. Two hundred thousand of those were playing that playing it on PlayStation VR. Uh, to me, that's a pretty good attach rate for PlayStation VR, mm -hmm. considering that RE7 did not sell great in the first place. Um, but it still didn't sort of send PlayStation VR into this like must-have, must-buy category. The next game, uh, and this is an exclusive just for PlayStation VR, published by Sony, is Farpoint, uh, a game that comes with a light gun peripheral. Or type, can. Or can. So you can buy it separately without yeah. the peripheral. I was not. I was under the impression you had to buy the no, peripheral. No, as a it. matter of fact, uh, the, the bundle with the peripheral is gone. Really? And I had to... Uh, it was sold out everywhere. Because I just, I, real, I didn't realize it was coming out this week until like last week. So I started to look. I'm like, oh, I just got gone on Amazon, gone on Best Buy, gone on Target, gone at Walmart, everywhere. Gone, and I went into... Um, uh, it was still available on GameSpot, GameStop's site, and so I went to game, the GameStop. Same time I went to get Injustice, I said, "Are you still, you know, taking pre-orders on this? Because it doesn't come out for like four days." Yeah. They're like, "No, we're out of our allocation. We don't know if there's going to be another shipment." Wow. Da, da, da. So, I'm, so I'm like, "Oh, because it was on the website." And they're like, "Well, if it's on the website, you should go get it." So I went back and uh, I ordered it on the website, and they shipped it and showed up. But this thing was hard to find. Like, wow. And I actually was out uh, the morning of its release on Tuesday, and I looked at a couple of stores, and they had none of them. They wow. Had, like, they had uh, the individual game, but they did not have the, the bundle with the gun. Now, how did, before we start talking about the gun, how, do you know how you would play this game without the gun? Do you use yeah, like, the move controller as a pointer? or um, Probably. I would yeah. think that's how it works. Uh, or maybe you'd have to use... Uh, I don't know how you do it without analog sticks. Right. It might just be a standard just shooter. Just play it like a shooter. Way. I don't yeah, know. I didn't try sticks. it that way. But I know you can get it separate. Um, and then I know that they're also, I think, going to sell the... Uh, there's a separate entry on uh, one of the sites I saw for the gun alone. Uh, my question was, like, holding the thing when I opened it, was like, are you ever going to be used for anything yeah. else ever again? Well, I mean, it will, because... I'm guessing at this point, you know, probably 35% of VR games are first-person shooters, it seems like. Sort of. This one is this one is weird in the sense it's a, it's a melding of first-person shooter and walking simulator. Yeah, that's what I've kind of gathered. I have not mm -hmm. played it at all. Matt has been playing it. Uh, but but I only started to play it, because like, it's been a very busy week. But um, I played it for about an hour and a half last night. Uh, very late. I mean, it's been like 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> Very fresh yeah. in the mind. Which is um, good. It's, uh... Hmm. Like, it is probably not going to set the world on fire, because... And part of this might be, I maybe I would be more impressed if I hadn't done as much room-scale vibe stuff as yeah. I have. Um, there is a really good feel, feeling and sense of having a thing in your hand. Like, when you look down and see the gun. 
Um, it's just it's and does it track it well? So if you move the gun in your hands, it yes. moves it in with in the game. Yes, that's cool. Um, it's the tracking's a little shaky. It's yeah. a, it's a little jumpy in places. Even Vive and Rift are that way though. Vive is not like that. I've all. seen a lot of gameplay footage of people where you look at like their hands or whatever. And well, then their shaky. thing is not set up right. Oh, really? Because I have played a lot of Vive stuff and it, it I've never no seen jitter. it do that. I've never seen jitter on it. Uh, maybe on like games that aren't finished yet. Well, it could be there. a lot of times too. The people that are playing these games are setting up quickly and they're probably mm-hmm. not calibrating everything correctly. And yeah, something like that. I mean, I I've never seen something that like bad like that. I mean, whereas like PlayStation VR, it's just it's just PlayStation the way it works. VR. It's a Continual problem, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's playable. It's like it's it. It's more like it's jittery when it, you're kind of moving the gun around in your hand. When you're actually shooting with it, it's rock solid. Okay. Like there's, no, there's no. I've I've never felt like I missed something when I should have hit it. And the other thing, of course, is it actually does have the gun has laser sights. Yeah. So you look down the barrel and you get like the little that's the, cool the little like you know laser sight thing there uh-huh. as a reticle and then you you also have like a little tracker for the the rockets the gun fires uh huh um so it's pretty cool and I'm I'm playing on a pro so everything's pretty sharp yeah uh, as VR things go um, upper echelon of PlayStation VR games visually uh, it looks really barren to me in in ways like the animation is is good the characters are good the 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 environments are boring okay um. To the point that one of the characters actually complains about it. Oh, really? At one point in the game. Like, <laughs> she's, like, walking... Well, I mean, you can see it here. It's yeah. just, like, this I mean, wasteland. It, I'm a big... Yeah, you can also see the, the aim. The jittery, yeah. The jittery, but you also see the, the reticle there through the, through the site. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like, I'm a big junkie for Alien Planet VR. So like, it's, like, it's like, the if you can put me on another world and make me feel like it's another world, like, I'll get, forgive you a lot of stuff. But so far, this is just like a trip through the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Like, um, it's uh, there's a couple of cool places, and like the lava here is blue because it's hotter, right. I guess. Um, and and like there's like there's one point where you go through like a cave, and there's like glowing like you know fungus and stuff, and that's neat. But uh, for the most part, you're kind of walking down rocky canyons. At one point, the the char- the, the character. It should again. It should be called Farpoint, a day late and a dollar short, because um, you, you you start in a in a uh, you're like picking up two scientists from a research outpost uh, near this like spatial anomaly that I think it looks like it was near Jupiter or maybe or, or uh, maybe uh, Europa or, or one of those moons, and um, you're you're flying like a shuttle in, which should be more impressive than it is. But I've seen so much space stuff that it's just yeah. like eh, it's fine. And uh, they come to, to get on your shuttle, and right as they leave the space station, the, the anomaly goes crazy and sucks the space station and everything into it, and you, your, you, your ship gets hit by debris, you eject, and land on this planet, and so you're trying to find the two scientists, because you find evidence that they're still alive. Gaia. Um, and as you, and that's where the walking simulator thing comes in, is because... Well, you can see in this footage, it's... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're tracking, because you're tracking, um, holograms of them, like, recordings that your, your suit computer is sort of piecing together, so you'll come across, like, a blue hologram of them and use a scanner thing, which is real close to the button that fires grenades. Uh. I might, I've killed myself a couple times <laughs> by hitting the wrong button to scan a hologram and instead blowing fires myself up. Fires a grenade, up. yeah. Um... You scan the hologram and it plays a little cutscene. So basically, you're you're getting breadcrumbs of the story as you walk down a very, very, very linear path, uh-huh. occasionally shooting spiders. Yeah, I, I, um, I hate games where you're just shooting like these little crab-like creatures over and over. Yeah, well, so far it's been uh, little, little, little spider, big, bigger spider, and really big spider. 
uh, and I, I just ran into a medium spider, a new spider. Uh, the trophies have, um, like, trophies for, like, headshots and sniping and stuff, so I uh -huh. assume at some point you run into it humanoids yeah. of some kind. But it's been an hour and a half, and I'm real tired of shooting <laughs> tiny little headcrab wannabes. Yeah. That, although that is one of the only things that, like, really the VR really works in is the, head the little headcrab guys jump at you. And every time they jump at you, I duck. You duck. Because, because it's, <laughs> I mean, the mouth's coming right at you. Now, the game isn't tracking that, right? It's not, like, full room no. VR. Yeah. No. As a matter of fact, I played it standing up, but I think next time I will probably sit down. Yeah. Like, uh, it feels like you probably should play a standing up, but, like, it doesn't do you any good, and my feet got sore after a yeah. while. And I kept... <laughs> All that standing. And I kept turning, like, away, because like, you're constantly... Cause, uh, so... It's sort of like Robinson in the sense, like so the so the the gun. I should have brought the gun. Yeah. The gun, the the on on the front of the gun, inside front of the handle, there's one analog stick, and on the back of the gun, there's a, the the right analog stick. Uh -huh. So you move with this stick, and you, there's an option to not be able to turn at all in the game. But I said it's a smooth turn, so I can. So basically, it's controlling. This like is a stand. my next question. Does I know you don't get sick from VR, but do you think people might? You wouldn't last ten minutes. Really? No. Wow. No. I didn't. In fact, <laughs> when I started to play it at the very beginning, I was like, "Whoa!" This is a oh, little, even this you little, felt a little, a little weird. It was. It was like it was just like getting used to the motion of it was a little woo for yeah. a second. And after you know, after like five minutes, I was fine. Uh huh. But like, I would be perfect. That was the first thing I thought. I'm like, Shane couldn't play this. Yeah. Like for more than like ten minutes. Oh and, wow. Because so I played. I mean, I played for like an hour and a half, yeah. and was you know fine. Do you want to keep um, playing after the hour and a half? Yeah, I'll probably go back and try it again. I mean, it, it, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's a little. I mean, Destiny comes to play a little bit here, where it's like walking places is sort of dull, and I am like ninety nine percent sure I know what the twist is. Right. Even though the two highly trained PhDs apparently can't put this <laughs> one together, despite their constant like hint dialogue about it. Yeah. Um. But the uh, like the actual shooting is pretty fun. Yeah. Like because it's, it's accurate. It's right? very accurate. It feels you know good. Like the gun has vibrations, so it rumble. It feels. Do you solid. charge it or does it take batteries? You charge it. Oh, good. So um, it had no batteries when I got it out of the box last night. So I'm just like, oh. It doesn't like, come with the batteries. No, it ha it just didn't have any charge. Oh, wow. it had like it was one bar dead. charge. Oh, it was wow. almost completely dead. So That's I had to, rare. so I had to plug it into the into the USB on my computer. Uh, while I played it, and it kept uh, warning me. It's like, you'll have a better experience if you unplug the USB cable. I'm like, no, I won't, because it doesn't work without the <laughs> USB cable right now. It needs to charge. Yeah, it's really odd um, for a peripheral to come uncharged. Yeah, usually there's a, pre there's a pretty good charge in most of those yeah. things. But uh, this, uh, I plugged it in, and it had uh, one bar, and uh, it started to flash like it's about to run out Like as soon as I started to play, so I plugged it. I didn't have a problem with it. The, the cord was long enough that I never noticed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but oh, in terms of like just accuracy and making it feel like you have a gun in your hand, it's it's I mean, not a real gun, but it's like it's like you definitely feel like you've got a thing you're holding, <laughs> and 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 it matches up well enough in in the game that like it's a pretty convincing illusion, and you can look down and see your body and your hands and everything. And actually, the, my favorite thing might be that to switch weapons, you you put it back behind your he your shoulder, oh. like you lift it behind your shoulder and pull it back, and you pull back with it the next weapon. That's cool. Um, so right now I only have a shotgun and the the, the machine gun you start with and a shotgun, uh, but the shotgun's actually I'm not a shotgun fan usually in games, but the shotgun's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, there's no ammo. There's no limited ammo. So it's like an energy weapon. Uh, no. No. I mean they they fire <laughs> bullets, but oh, it's just do. never really explained how. Oh. Like the the there's a limiter there's a limiter on each one, but it's like. Um, the uh, like the machine gun can overheat 
sort of Mass Effect, Mass yeah. Effect One style, and then the shotgun can hold, I think, eight. It's either eight or ten shots, and then you have to press the X button to reload it, and it has to reload over time. But the way it reloads, it's like these little vents on the side of the gun looks like they suck material in. I think they like. Like they like nano construct bullets what? inside the gun out of like <laughs> particles in the air or something. Yeah. But it's basically like, and so each one also has an explosive thing. So the the Old fire. So the um, the machine gun fires rockets you can guide with your your uh, your controller, and uh, the um, the shotgun fires grenades that are either timer or direct hit thing. Um, and it's it's very accurate. It feels it feels good when you're doing it. It's just. The getting to each major fight set piece is kind of a pain. Uh, I've died a few times because uh, every once in a while you just get overwhelmed by all the little things jumping at you. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and frame I, rate's good. Yeah, I haven't noticed any performance problems. Uh, no, not that I can think of. I mean, there's been a couple of uh, a little jerkiness in the loading of some of the cutscenes. Yeah, understandable. Um, but. Uh, no, I haven't had any performance issues. How oh, much? I am on a pro though, so right. How much does the bundle with the controller cost? Seventy nine. Ooh, so that's spendy. Yeah, I mean, well, was it twenty bucks for the controller there? Maybe? Yeah, I guess if you think that this is worth, if you're price it's worth of a sixty full bucks, game, which um, I would argue maybe it's not. Probably not. I mean, there is a co-op mode which I haven't tried. I'm not sure how that works. Maybe that one person plays on the controller. On on the TV screen or yeah. something. Um, I don't know. But no uh, competitive multiplayer. I don't think so. Uh, so there was a there was a story mode, a co op mode, and a challenge mode. I didn't try the challenge mode. I'm assuming that's just a shooting gallery, probably, probably so, like waves of whatever. timed or yeah. whatever. Yeah, or a horde mode um, type of thing. But I mean, I mean, you can see they're trying. Like you know, the the, the spider enemy, the, the head crab guys jump at you, and you know they they kind of swarm you. They don't have a lot of. Uh, Self-preservation instincts. There's a scene on a cliff, and they just are jumping at you, and if they miss you, they just fall into the abyss. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's... But, and um, then, like, you run into these, like, big bloated guys who can shoot acid blobs, and you shoot the blobs out of the air. Um, one nice thing is that they do hurt the other enemies. Oh. If they, like, they'll, they'll knock them away or something. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there's big guys that charge you, and, like, those guys are... I gotta say, they did a very a very nice bit of uh, research on the an anatomical work on this. Like, they look very real in terms of how the legs connect up, and they, they look creepy and strange, and, like, they look like big spiders. It's believable. Like, they can actually uh, exist. I think so. And one nice thing, so... The, the bodies disappear pretty quick, but, you know, they, they lay there for a couple of seconds, and they are... There, there's no clipping on them. You walk through them just to avoid getting caught on things. Uh -huh. But I like that because you walk through something in VR, you can see inside of it. Right. The and on the big guys, like there's big guys that are about like eight feet tall and you and like ten feet wide, and you blow, you kill them and they fall over. But a couple times I've ended up walking through them and they're completely textured on the inside. Wait, they're anatomically rendered in on the inside? inside. Like you can see the inside of their body what? on the underside of the skin. So because they knew nice you'd be walking through right. them at yeah, some point, yeah. and so you can see what they look like inside the, their own body. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's that's a nice. Somebody was like, oh, it looks terrible when you walk through a guy and you just see polygons and stuff. So we decided to make it look. Uh, a little better, and uh, I appreciated that. So, who would you would you recommend this for someone who has PlayStation VR? Is just kind of sitting there collecting dust because mine is. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what it's for. I think uh, I'm at, I, I am more waiting for Star Trek Bridge Crew, yeah. which is coming soon, supposedly next week or yeah. two weeks from now. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, if you're looking for a more action-oriented thing, like, it's, it plays well. Uh, I don't know if you want to spend the money. But, 80 bucks is a lot. But, uh, and I, is the controller worth spending the extra money for? If they use it for more things in the which future. They should. Which they yeah. should. Sure. I mean, and, like, a little thing. Like, look. Like, if you, like, did, like, a VR version of, like, Umbrella Chronicles... Like the the light gun yeah, yeah. Resident Evil game, I'd buy that in a second. Like, like that would be really cool. Or like, even if it was just like, I don't know. Like, even if it was just like a VR version. Or you don't even need VR. You could just have it be a like a, a point blank. Right. Like, just you do a port of point blank. Use it for non VR stuff. I'd be into that too. Like, I like light gun stuff, and light gun stuff is kind of the the one of the genres that's sort of fallen into obscurity because since the Wii the nobody, Wii was kind of like yeah, the last Wii platform like, that kept it alive yeah I mean, I, would I play an, like a, a an HD remaster of like House of the Dead Overkill absolutely yeah yeah like I love that game maybe they'll come back with uh, Switch yeah kind of makes too much sense to port a lot of those Wii like gun games to Switch yeah but it's just I feel like there's some some cheap and dirty money to be made with that peripheral if, if people, if like Capcom and Sega yeah. are willing to support it, maybe. Yeah. Look, I mean, I love Point... I, I miss Point Blank. I bought that stupid gun con thing just yeah. for Point Blank back on the PS1. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Namco. Get on it. Get on it. Yeah, they used to be the kings of light gun yeah, games. Yeah, Namco. I mean, you take use that, the gun peripheral for this, and like do like a Namco light gun greatest hits. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I think a lot of people would. A little time crisis action. A little... Yeah. Well, uh, what was that one with the, the, the big, like bigger machine guns? I can't remember. It's in every uh, Dave and Buster's in the country. I can't remember. Uh, or even like, and Sega has a bunch of them. I'd yeah. love. To, I mean, I'm sure the license is long expired, but I'd love to play that Alien Three game. Oh yeah, I remember that with, about the, that with the giant like pulse yeah, rifle yeah. and stuff. So we'll yeah, see. I mean, again, right now it's like well. I don't, but again, I I have to admit I did kind of jump in faster than I thought I would when I saw how scarce it was getting yeah because i don't want i didn't want to be left out yeah <laughs> of the, i'm like god finally something to play because it is a real game right that's the thing which it's are like, rare it's, yeah, i mean there's what like four now at this point for playstation vr yeah but it's still like pretty much more than vive's got yeah I and mean, vive even the full-fledged games on vive tend to be sort of like here's a tech demo with a lot of levels yeah whereas this is like a full fully fledged it's got a story and cinematic production and, yeah. and you know it's it's not you know if it wasn't in vr it would be pretty Blah, but like because Resident Evil Seven doesn't even work yet on Vive or Oculus, right? I think it does work on Vive. Does it? But I don't know for sure. I feel like I don't know. I thought maybe the VR functionality of that was coming like way later, but maybe it maybe is. Maybe I'm wrong. I I I don't know because I could not possibly care less. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like if I was going to play Resident Evil Seven in VR, I'd play it on PSVR, just be just because it's more convenient. Yeah. I mean, I played, like, I didn't want to put my contacts in, so I played the whole hour and a half of uh, Farpoint with my glasses on in a PlayStation VR, and it was fine. It was, you know, once you get it, once you get it set up so, like, enough airflow is coming in that everything's not fogging up, like, it's totally comfortable and you don't notice it, which is, like, not how the vibe works. Yeah. Although I saw there's a company that now makes, uh, you can get prescription lenses uh, put in these things, they make prescription lenses on a thing that you can snap onto the Vive like headset yeah inside. i saw it just they were there announced like this week or I, I must have seen it through sifted yeah. actually but so i'm like and i've considered that but then i went through and i like i did like the piece your thing together it's like 300 bucks it is yeah it's new crazy. it'll come down though that's just early adopter tax basically. yeah i guess so but yeah. it's like, i would i would buy that if it was a reasonable amount of money i think uh what i'm seeing with playstation vr is that sony is following its strategy that it's followed since the playstation 2 era it never it doesn't necessarily have that one like killer app and even i could even argue with the playstation 3 minus some of the uncharted and the naughty dog stuff 
but it just it, it just slowly builds this catalog of games that are pretty darn good. And eventually it becomes this overwhelming catalog and people kind of jump on board. And it kind of seems that it's replicating that strategy with PlayStation VR, which makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's worked for it. That should it be their, for... st- their slogan, PlayStation. Pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. So, all right, thanks for that report. We're going to move on and talk next about The Surge. This is a game that I have Surge! been playing. I can finally get in on the conversation and share my opinion on some stuff. Um a lot of people have been describing this as uh, Dark Souls with robots or a robotic Dark Souls. Uh, after having played it now, and you've played it as well, do you agree with that? Yes. You do? Yeah. yeah. I mean... I mean, I, it is literally Dark Souls with sci-fi elements in yeah, a lot of ways. I, I mean, I... There's that minor I, differences, but like, the template they're drawing from is absolutely Dark Souls. They're taking a lot of trappings from other games. I mean, there's also, like, certainly visually and aesthetically, there's a fair amount of dead space in here. This Um, compares to a ton of games, I think. uh, It's not just the visuals for dead space, though, either. It's also the whole dismemberment mechanic, mm -hmm. where you can change the orientation of your weapon to take off arms or take Mm -hmm. off heads. And it also reminds me a little bit of Eternal Darkness in that way. Uh, the first time, like, I targeted someone's head and it turned blue, I was like, that's like Eternal Darkness. Like, mm-hmm. well, really, the first game to kind of make that, at least the first big-budget game or high-profile release to kind of make Dismemberment a big part of its uh, gameplay system. Yeah, systems. I remember when that, and at the time, I was like, oh, this is like Die by the Sword. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was the first game that would kind of hit the masses that kind of mm-hmm. had that element in it. Um, I don't know. I, uh, the combat, to me, is a lot faster in this than it is in Dark Souls. Um, even even more than Bloodborne. Fa- it is faster. No, nah, I don't know if it's faster than Bloodborne. Bloodborne really? can get It felt like it to speedy. me. Um, the thing I will say about this combat is, A, it's much less defensive-oriented, which yep. is, again, why it reminds me of Bloodborne, because Bloodborne is more about countering than yeah. defense. Yep. Um, and the individual enemies are more dangerous. For the most part, Dark Souls has Dark Souls and Bloodborne have a lot of like basically. I guess they'd be called you'd call them trash and trash yeah, mobs, whatever. File, yeah. um, and you can still run by the guys in this game. But the thing is, if you stop to fight the guys in the Surge, even the lowliest dude can kill you in like three hits. Yeah, the first enemy in the game, um, those floating drones, killed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, they're no, they're no joke. And it and it took me. I didn't die until I got to the first boss. Um, which I did by accident, I might add, because I, th- I walked into the boss room thinking it was a room I'd already been in because everything in this game looks the same. It does, yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, my God. So, actually, it was kind of a nice surprise. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, wow, something to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it, so, yeah, it's very Dark Souls. I mean, it's very, very Dark Souls. Um, there's a little more individual control over how the combat unfolds, which I like. Um, like the, the the targeting of the different body parts, like gives you a little bit of options. Like if you target a um, an unarmored body part, you can kill them faster. But if you target an armored body part, you're going to get crafting gear or a blueprint. Yeah, um, which is very important. It is. And yeah. um, scrap. And I think it's. Fun. I think the combat's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, certainly. I mean, this is by Deck Thirteen, who made uh, Lords of the Fallen, which was a thoroughly mediocre Dark Souls clone. Yeah. Um, and this is way better than Lords oh, of the yeah. Fallen. Um, so they clearly learned a lot from their, uh, their last game. And I think, uh, while it probably isn't quite on the level of a Dark Souls game in terms of, of kind of the detail stuff, and certainly the, the level design and the, and the environments are not 
up to par. Yeah. But in terms of like actual like moment to moment combat, like there's there's moments where I'm like I kind of like this better. Like, yeah. Because it's, it's I, so satisfying to rip a guy's arm off or like and have kind of that extra visceral involvement in the one on one fights. I'm surprised at how, I would just say I'm surprised at how good the game is. Mm. Um, in I'm pretty surprised much, you like it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Okay. I mean, I have an appreciation for these games, even though they're not necessarily for me. Um, I, I like the setting of Dark Souls way more. Oh, yeah. And the whole lore and the aesthetic behind that mm-hmm. series, I, that resonates with me way more. Like, I don't look at this game and, like, I'm pissed off that I don't like it because I want, I want to experience it like the Dark Souls games. Like, that, it pisses me off that I don't like to play the Souls games because I love everything else about it. This one... One thing I would say about it is very generic. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it is just like generic action video game. There's nothing particularly. Yeah, no- you, this plot is just very rote and something you've experienced in countless other games before. And it's sort of like, I mean, we've fought a lot of kind of nondescript robots in yeah. our time, and there's a little bit of. Uh, I mean, he's wearing kind of that rig thing, but there is a little bit of halo to it. Yeah, um, it's just. By the nature of this medium, uh, it's hard to do science fiction in a way that feels new. Um, whereas, like fantasy, you're sort of not restricted by anything, and like, you, yeah. and, and you know, Dark Souls. Dark Souls is not, um, you know, an original, you know, aesthetic. Really, it draws from a lot of different things. But there's also not really anyone else doing that. Right. Whereas this, like, it's not too far off something like Binary Domain or you know any other um, kind of mid to near future future. You know, there's even a little bit of Red Faction. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's what I was saying. This game literally has elements from so many other games in it. Yeah. There's all these modes where I'm like, well, that reminds me of this game, and this reminds me of this game. Mm-hmm. It's like they took all their. It's like the studio or the team was like. I really like Eternal Darkness. The other guy's like, I really like Dead Space. And they're like, we all like Dark Souls. Yeah. And that they kind of built the game around that. But I think what's ultimately happened is you're taking these bits and pieces from all these other games, and I just don't think it all gels together to make a completely satisfying whole. It feels very rote and kind of by the numbers. And mm-hmm. But I will say, you know... I would agree with that just because there's a lot of... It's like, clearly you like the aesthetic of Dead Space. So you put it in your game. Yeah. But you don't really do anything with it. Right. You know, so it's, it's not there for there a reason. It's there, it's there yeah. because that's what we decided because to make it look like. people like us are going to sit later and say, it reminded me of Dead Space. And, and people go, I like Dead Space. Right. And, and it's, it's like, like a trigger <laughs> word. Yeah. yeah. Someone's like, Dead Space? I love Dead Space. Oh, maybe I should look more closely at this game. And in that way, it's kind of a smart tactic. Yeah. But, By uh, the way, uh, they should really look into naming their game something that is uh, a little less generically Googleable. Yeah. It's like putting the surge, and it's just like you're getting. I'm like, yes, I know everybody likes <laughs> that drink. They don't make anymore. Getting, like, <laughs> or the, you're getting fan sites for the the soft drink. Right. It's just not. It, it, it's not search engine optimized. Yeah. Boys. So we should maybe talk briefly about the story. So you play as a a man who's paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I really liked was how the game starts. You're start in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I don't know actually... if I can ever remember controlling someone in a wheelchair in a video game. Can you? Hmm. I don't know. I guess I maybe I can, I'm not like directly. Maybe there was a character in like a that was in a wheelchair down game or something. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, but so it starts off that way, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and it's like, actually kind of a reveal. Yeah, like, like you don't know it until yeah, the train stops. Yeah, because the camera is behind him, and he looks like he's just sitting in a seat. And when you're finally able to move, mm-hmm. you roll away, and you're like, yeah. oh. 
And I gotta say, like, they really did their research on the animation and, and the feel of it because, like, yeah. I mean, the guy's arms and hands are very well, like, I mean, it feel it looks very authentic. Well, there's one part where he goes down the a ramp, right? It, well, there, and it the, doesn't actually like gain speed, and he doesn't try to slow it down. Well, it's the future. There's magnets. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's, you're probably, um, probably right, actually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so he's basically going because these rig things will let you walk, uh, even if you if you have spinal injury or whatever yep um but it doesn't quite go i think the way he thinks where you get you get strapped because these things are attached to you surgically right and yeah. like, or at least the the harness that they attach to is attached to you surgically and when he gets in the little the chair it's like like patient patient is sedated, sedated let's do that and he's like no no i'm not yeah. and they and they drill everything into him while he's awake into screaming. the back of his like yeah. spine by the way yeah and then you, that was a terrifying scene actually yeah, it, pretty, it really I'll, like affected me yeah well i was like i was like all right Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, there, there's, there's uh, the pedigree is there. Even though everything's very well lit in that scene, it still felt kind of that, that, that kind of, that sort of like uncaring universe version of horror that yeah. Dark Souls deals in. Um, and uh, then he wakes up in basically a scrap heap at a destroyed work site yep. and doesn't know what happened. Yeah. And basically the impetus of the beginning is to figure out what happened. He can walk, why though. He can walk, he's pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah. um, but everything else doesn't work. You have to go replace the power core and sort of, like, you you, you you slowly sort of get your suit into, like, working order. Yeah. And the game sort of teaches you how the crafting works and how you equip things on the suit and, and how to deal with it's uh, deep. all the enemies. There's a lot of stuff There's a lot of stuff game. to keep track of. Um, yeah. I, you know, more so... I mean, Dark Souls has a lot of, like, you know, crafting elements in the sense that, like, oh, you got to pick up... the If you want to make this, you got to have this much... Uh, you know, Titanite or whatever, but like this game, like you got to these these enemies don't just drop this stuff. You got to target their. You know, if you to want specific, if you want a yeah. new, you know, leg group blueprint. If you, if that's one nice thing about it is like you see a guy wearing something you've never seen before. You're like, I want your arm, and like you just yeah. like whack that arm long enough, yeah, yeah, and do the finishing. As long as you do the finishing move and you've done enough damage to the that limb, uh, it will drop a damaged version, which you can then use as a blueprint. Yeah. Um, I like that cool concept. Yeah, it, it's it, cool. Yeah, it gives a little more player agency over kind of how you advance, and well, I, fe- I felt you... very, I felt very well equipped by the time I was moving on past the first boss. It also makes you pay way more attention to the enemies. Yeah, in a lot of games, it's like oh. A- Especially in a game like this where the enemies are robots, it's like, oh, just another robot. But that's not how it works. Like, a lot of these enemies have different appendages that are attached, and mm-hmm. you start to really look closely at that to try to find maybe parts that you might want to include in your arsenal. I love that element of it. And mm-hmm. that's to me, is the one area where it really kind of stands out and stands on its own two feet. And I appreciated that the, the first boss has um, is a giant walker. Yeah. Basically a giant Ed 209 yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and uh, it's a it's a close quarters fight because its gun blows up because it's yeah, yeah. not very well maintained. It's very uh, it's a it's a shameful maintenance crew at, at this place. <laughs> um, and uh, so basically, it becomes kind of a close quarters fight. And once you it has two bars, there's a life bar, and then there's another bar that fills up as you hit it. And once that fills up, it does something new, and you have to figure out how to exploit that new thing. To put it in a vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable position so you can actually do damage to the life bar. Yeah. Um, which is a little more involved than the usual sort of like, you know, stand, hack, stand hack, in hack. a safe place and hack Roll, until you yeah. have to get away kind of thing that Dark Souls does. Um, it was it was kind of an because it, it was surprising to me. I was like, oh my, oh wow, I have to figure this because I was like whacking at his heel and like, man, he's really not dying. His life bar. So what's that other bar? It was a sort yeah. of this like. 
It's like, oh, there's more to it here. And once you yeah. figure it out, it's real simple. Yep. But at first, it was it was kind of refreshing to see them sort of play with the format that way. Now, it does have a stamina meter. Yes. Which is something fans is, of Souls will be very very familiar with. Yes, uh, your, your bane. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I think, uh, I mean, I haven't timed it with a stopwatch. The stamina meter on this game recharges faster than any other it Souls does. game I've ever played. I still found myself screwed a couple times, though. Yeah, you can you can uh, you can get a little far because there's three. That's the other interesting thing. There's three. There's life. There's stamina, and there's energy. Yeah. And energy is built up as you're attacking and landing attacks, and it, you have to pass. I think it's about the halfway point of the bar to be able to do a finishing move. Yeah. And eventually, other ability because your upgrades are done through plugging things in, into uh, uh, augment slots. And eventually you'll get like right, you know early on you're using limited use uh, health pack like health packs like Estus flasks yeah. you're uh, injecting like I think you have like three of them when you yeah. start and they get replenished when you go to the equivalent of a bonfire which is the repair station. Yep. Um, but eventually you get these things where like you can recover health using energy. Yeah. But then you get that's another decision you have to make because if you use the energy to heal, you're not going to have the energy to finish. Yeah. To do a finishing move. So, so you deal with like Persona Five. Yeah. Like you so can use like, your SP to heal, or but then it means you have left to less yeah. for combat. So. So, uh, but this is you know it's, it's so it's a finite resource, but it's only a finite resource in a battle to battle thing. And like I thought that was an interesting mechanic. Like there's a lot of interesting ideas in this game, and I give them credit for trying to think outside the, the Souls box. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it all fully comes together properly, but like the the core of the game is is pretty solid. Visuals. Um, first thing I had to do was turn down the look sensitivity in this game. Did that yeah. give you a problem? No. Man, no. like turning the camera was way too fast for me by default. And I'm I'm playing on PC, and my only oh. comment on that is uh, uh, this game performs like shit on PC. On PC, like it, like. I, you know, because I got my dual Titan X's, which don't matter because there's no SLI support yeah. so, so far. And I haven't been able, you know, you can go into the NVIDIA Inspector and mess with the bits and like that, but I haven't found a setting that doesn't cause horrendous geometry flicker. Um, so I'm playing on the single one and uh, 14, 1440p, I had to turn a bunch of stuff down. Because the thing is, like, like, it has, like, the shadows and it's mainly the shadows and. Um, I guess the lens flare stuff, like, you can go way higher than the PlayStation 4 can. Yeah. But it doesn't really get you anything, because the anti-aliasing in this game is really bad anyway. It is, yeah. And, like, it doesn't I think look... that's why it runs so well on PS4. Maybe, like, I've been playing it, it on PS4, and it, I'm like, it runs real well. Because maxed out, not even fully maxed out, with the shadows on high, I was dropping, like, 40 frames a second in wow. the opening area. Wow. And, like, so I ended up dropping, like, shadows down to medium, and I think one other setting down to high... Which I shouldn't need to do for something that looks no. like it. Because it's still pretty jaggy in play. It's not a pretty game. It's fine. It looks yeah. fine. But it shouldn't be taxing the machine the way it does. Definitely not the PC, without a doubt. No. Um, so maybe it, maybe it'll have some, some optimization improvements later. Uh, it, it looks like the, the PlayStation 4 Pro might be the best option right now because it does try to run at 60. I think it has some drops here and there. Yeah. But it runs about on the same quality level as you would get out of most non-super high-end graphics cards. Yeah. Um, I'm playing on base PS4 and it runs fine. I've yeah. never had it, like, dip below, like, acceptable mm -hmm. levels or anything. Now, it's, it's just a weird thing going on where, like, uh, the, uh, especially because it has, like, the V-Sync on the game, like, has a thing where if it drops below a certain point, it drops the frame rate and locks it at 30 until it comes back up, and that's real weird. Yeah. So, I ended up dropping, just dropping settings low enough that 
it uh, it runs well. It's funny the two the only two games I've had to drop settings for on my computer is this and Mafia Three, <laughs> and it's like not the biggest graphical powerhouses in the world. Yeah, it's just. You know, something's going on. So, would you recommend this for Dark Souls fans who just finished up the last of the Dark Souls 3 DLC and they're ready for something new? Yeah, if, if, if the setting doesn't put you off, if you're not, like, de- you know, devoted to the idea of And I think fantasy, that's the biggest negative the game has, um, is its yeah. setting and its story aren't yeah. great. It's not, and it's not as boss-driven as, no, as not, Dark yeah. Souls is. I think there's... There's a few, probably fewer boss. I think there's fewer bosses. I, I read there was like five or six. Yeah, um, which is way less. Although way less. each of them is a more, it tends to be a more involved fight. Game also seems to be shorter than the typical Dark Souls game. Uh, it feels like. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I don't even know if I'm halfway through yet. But it's. It does feel like it's not as much because the Dark Souls games are sprawling. Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, the level design isn't the way it is in Dark Souls, where everything is kind of this spaghetti that is yeah, all tied together. Yeah. And it does have, like, you know, you'll open shortcuts back to the, yeah. the repair room, yeah. but it doesn't feel as, like, you know, like, uh, in particular, like Dark Souls 1, where you'll open a door and you're like, oh my god, I'm here! Again. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And it all feels like it connects up well. Right. They're, they're, everything's a little more... It's a little more linear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say, if, if you're not put off by the setting, there's a lot of interesting things here, and it's kind of, I mean, it's not on the level of Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I wouldn't say, but, like, consider it, like, methadone to Dark Souls heroin. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it'll get, it'll get you through. Yeah. You know, it, it's... It actually reminds me a good bit of Technomancer. Hmm. Yeah, like, the, I, I can turn... As far the, as, like, its level of quality compared to, like, the upper yeah. echelon games in its genre. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. It's It's like that... Without the Eurojank, though, this game does not have. No, Eurojank, it's not not, not really any Eurojank, but it, <laughs> but it's that kind of like, it's like that B list, yeah, like game in the genre you like, and it's not gonna you know Technomancer is no like Mass Effect, yeah, but it'll do, yeah, exactly. While you it's wait. like a quick fix while you wait for yeah. the next good batch of your, right. whatever it is you like to come. Like in. I said, it'll get you through a weekend. Yeah, yeah, it'll get you through more than a weekend. The I dealer's think. out of town. It'll get you. you know, <laughs> Miyazaki's not here this week, so you're gonna have to take the you have to take the stuff that's, that's cut with detergent. You have to go uh, onto the street to get what you yeah. need. <laughs> but, but don't uh, feel shame in that because we all have our needs. We all, exactly. we, all, we all need we all need to play the things we want to play. Yeah, I mean, look, I am enjoying this more than Technomancer, uh, to be honest. Mm. And that's a game that I ended up playing for I don't know if you guys remember, but for like sixty some hours. Um, the time I've spent with this, I enjoy more. It's definitely way more challenging. Although Technomancer mm-hmm. wasn't easy either. Um, but I, I'm not finding the challenge to be as frustrating as the Souls games have been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because everything... That's interesting to me because I, when I played it, I was interested. I was thinking, like, oh, Shane might not like this because the individual enemies are so dangerous. Yeah, they are. I, I think that part of it is... But honestly, I think what makes it easier for me to play and understand is just the verbiage it uses. It uses terminology and phrases that you read it once and you get it like one of the things about like uh the dark souls and bloodborne games is that they use this verbiage that has no connection to anything else like they've renamed everything into these weird names so you get it and you're like well, what the hell is that i have no idea in this game it's like you pick up something or you get something like oh i know what that is that gives me health or that improves my uh my stamina meter or whatever Mm. um so it's been easier for me to kind of get into it and just start playing instead of like scratching my head being like okay i got these five things with weird names and i don't really know what any of them are Mm. it's just i just make that mental connection oh the other the other thing that's a big difference from souls is that uh it lets you bank 
souls. Yeah. Uh, in this, it's well, it's, you still lose scrap. your tech scrap when you die. Mm. You have to go and pick it back up again. Right, but you can when you get to a like a, a, a save point, like the the repair station, you can bank right what you're carrying, yeah. and you don't have to and worry, don't about, worry about, about it then. Yeah, um, which I think, in my personal opinion, is a vast improvement. Which um, it which is it, and they balance the way they balance that is you have a multiplier. Uh, for the souls you get, you know, the, tra- the tech scrap you get from defeating enemies, and that multiplier continues to go up as long as you don't go back to a save point. So the the, the risk reward that balances the ability to bank your your souls is you'll get more souls the longer you stay away from the place right. where you can bank them. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was risk a, reward I, system. Yeah. I'll tell you this much: you know, people talk, argue, and talk about like you know, easy mode for for Dark Souls. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah, that's that a might good be compromise. all you need. Yeah, you're right. That might be all you need to do if you, you just have a mode where you can activate that, and like, you know, people who are experts at the game at Dark Souls will abuse will be able to abuse that into invincibility inside of an hour. Yeah, yeah. But like, if like if that was the easy mode, I feel like that doesn't compromise the experience. Except, but it does just sort of give you that extra step ladder. Yeah. Um, that might be something uh, again. I think Deck 13 came up with some good ideas in here. Look, this studio is on to something here. I mean, this game may not sell exceptionally well, or maybe it will. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but this studio's got some talent. Yeah. And look... I mean, it's really being... the aesthetic that's the issue here. It's right. not, like, the nuts and bolts of the game. And it's, look, like, um, Dark Souls is kind of, you know, from software's thing. It's, it's, you know, they're the ones who do it, and, like, no one else has really been able to duplicate it. Yeah. But if these guys keep going... They'll like, get there. They might, you know, you might have a, a viable alternative here in some ways for people who don't, you know, the Dark Souls doesn't click. Maybe these will click with you instead. Um, yep. the, and these are, again, you know, I feel like if you play through the Surge and, and can kind of, like, get your get your head around how this that works. This is the first boss, by the way. Yeah. Who he's talking about. You're going to... Um, that's interesting because, okay, you see how it says health and threat analysis there? Yeah. On my game, it doesn't have those, that text. This is from the uh, beta. The beta, okay. Yeah, because in the in mine, uh, and I haven't looked at video of the, of the retail other than other than playing it, but it just it just has a, uh, like a red bar, and then underneath it's like an orange bar. Yeah, and it just it doesn't explain what it is, which I thought was very Dark Soulsy. Yeah, it is. Um, it was like I was saying earlier about yeah. how I don't know what the hell a lot of this stuff is in the Souls franchise. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, I feel like they've uh, they're onto something, and they they can do it. I think another ga- and give them another game. Yep. And they might be uh, they might be in the same ballpark. Yeah, as, seriously. As uh, the from as from software. Now, how much would you recommend someone buy this game for? Um, well, I bought it for like thirty five off of like green. I think it was Green Man Gaming. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the reasons I bought this instead of PC ver- PC version instead of console because console was like full price. And right. PC- I think PC was actually only fifty. Yeah. Like, anyway. Uh huh. Um, so I would say buy it on PC if you can run it for a cheap price. Uh, otherwise, I would I would maybe hold off until it's in the forty range. No. What you were, what I was going to say is that is exactly what I would recommend people paying for this game thirty five dollars. Mm. I think that's exactly what I would recommend paying for for it. Uh, if you can get it on PC, if you have a rig that can run it, I'd buy it right now for that price if they can still find it. Uh, if you're a console player, I would definitely wait for probably a month or two to see mm-hmm. if maybe it comes down a little bit. Yeah, I don't think. Hell, I'd the way go... things are going now, in two weeks it could be cheaper. So. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I would go full price on a, like sixty dollars on it. Unless you're really desperate. Unless you're the type of person who only plays these types of games, mm-hmm. then I would bump it up the, the value up a little bit. But for roughly half that money, I felt like this was a is a decent substitute for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on, but before we do, I just saw Ben Hill in the chat, 
And uh, as long as, as many of you know, Vin has been a member of Sifted for a long time. Vin just got married. So congratulations, Vin. I'm going to give you the... Uh... Congratulations, brother. Hope everything went great. I think I saw on Facebook uh, somebody brought some kind of illness to his wedding, though. So <laughs> hopefully everyone's recovering wedding from Wedding box. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about ARMS. And this is a game that you and I are split on. You are not excited about ARMS at all. I have been cautiously optimistic about arms and there was a nintendo direct this week and i have to say that after this direct i'm going more in that direction i am really starting to like this game and get interested in this game did you have a chance to watch uh the direct this week i watched some of it uh change your opinion at all no really i just don't care why why are you so uh i'm not i don't i don't find the idea appealing at all i don't i don't care about boxing i don't care about like Kind of the arena fighting thing i don't think the whole oh the, the the arm stretches out and turns thing is interesting um it's just, i'm just not there's nothing about it that grabs me i don't know i don't i can't quite say why it's just i look at it and i'm just like meh i like, what you want to know what really impressed me about this direct is the depth it does look like there's a lot to it. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, my initial impression of it when they first showed it was like, oh, this is like ready to rumble boxing or something. No. But there's a lot more here. There is. I mean, I, that's what really impressed me. And I should have known better because Nintendo typically adds sort of those extra layers of skill and strategy to its games that may seem really simple and cute outwardly. But then there's always, it's like with Mario Kart with power sliding in turbos. It's, mm -hmm. They always add kind of that extra layer for the extra player or for the older player who isn't maybe a, a kid where they can get more out of it. And the more I watched this direct, the more I impressed I was with sort of the rock, paper, scissors strategy that's sort of underpinning the whole thing. Um, for instance, the classes are a big deal because you can block incoming punches with your own punches, provided that your character is, and again, it's that rock, paper, scissors, The higher, as long as you're equal or one step above the punch that's coming in. See, there's... There's a lot of sort of defensive mechanics in the game that I had no idea about before this Nintendo Direct. Um, the other concern I had was, so what? This is just going to be like a mono-a-mono a mono fighting game. It's probably going to have a, a, a no campaign, which it actually doesn't look like it still does really have a campaign. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. just going to be like a ladder of fighters. But again, in this Direct, they started showing off all these extra features. We just saw some there. with like the, We're seeing some right now. There's like a basketball option, kind of like Rocket League. There's a volleyball option. Um, there's a gang of like mini games like these that you can compete in that will help you and sort of train you to get better at the game. Um, it appears that it's going to be, even though it doesn't have a traditional campaign to it or doesn't appear to at this point, it does look like it's going to be pretty feature rich. Mm. Um, it came out this week also that the person working on this was the person behind Mario Kart 8, which I was surprised about. It looks a lot more like Splatoon to me than it does Mario Kart um, yeah, but I think they've found, you know you're still dealing with a, with a power level roughly in the same ballpark as Wii U. Yeah. So I think they've you know Splatoon kind of they really found like kind of the sweet spot for what art style really works. Yeah. And while this isn't exactly the same art style as Splatoon, it has that same kind of clean yeah, yeah. look to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th I think it looks really nice for the hardware it's on. Yeah. Um, like they're 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 targeting exactly where they should be targeting graphically. Uh, with this and uh, they they finally announced a full roster of characters this game by the way is coming out in like a month mm. it comes out during e3 there's going to be an open beta for everyone the week of e3 
So everyone's going to get a chance to try this out before they actually decide to spend their money on it or not. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this game now. I thought it was just kind of like a, a gap plugger for Nintendo, but I'm really starting to wonder if this might turn into the next Splatoon, like the, the next kind of big multiplayer experience on Nintendo platforms that people are kind of like, hey, well, this is something different, it's something unique, and it's... It might for, like, you know, the diehard Nintendo audience. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to give it critical mass. Do you think, mass. though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, have you well, ever seen the, a game like this before? Well, those, those are the people who own switches yeah so that's pretty much your only audience right now yeah I i'm just asking specifically with you because you're obviously a big fighting game fan do you mm -hmm. not see at least some appeal in this that it's something completely different no you prefer to just keep i mean that... does look, it lo does look different but it's not an, a different that i'm interested in i like guess I... i'm just having problems figuring out why you're so down on it because i think it looks stupid why like, though because it doesn't look i don't care about the the mechanical stuff about the moving arms I don't care about that stuff. That's motion control nonsense that is going to come down to whether your controller functions properly, whether you can get that motion down right. It's not about... No, you can play it with the, just the pro controller. Yeah, I know, but it's just... It's, like it's, it, it's, it seems more like it's adding another layer between you and the game than it is and, and the opponent than it is making how you interact and compete with the opponent different. Like, I, I, I just... It, it, and again, it's all kind of like a permutation of boxing, and I find boxing intensely dull. Okay. Um, not that this looks like boxing outside no, of like I mean, the basic trappings. No, I mean, it really is boxing. But, but like, it's just, it's not, it's not something I care about. Wow. I mean, I'll try the beta and see if it, yeah. it hooks me when I, when I actually get my hands on it. But like, in terms of like, I mean, I see people like, you know, freaking out about how it looks the most amazing. I feel like, I feel like somebody handed out some really good drugs and I didn't get any. <laughs> Like I, I I don't know I don't understand. Um, so I'll try, I mean I'll try it when the beta goes up or maybe at E three. But like uh, it is at this point it is simply not something that I care to seek out at all when things come. I don't click on things when it pops. I don't. Yeah. Not well, you're not alone. It's not an extremely popular game on. And there Civic. have been games that I felt that way about yeah. that I ended up really liking when I finally played. I'm not saying that this is you know it's doomed to be in my worst games category for the year. Um, but it's just some some things you got to get your hands on yeah. and to understand or to, or to yeah. believe in it. I get and, that. Uh, this might be one of those things, or it might just be one of those things. I just don't. You know, a lot of Nintendo, Nintendo's kind of general game philosophy of like, there's no campaign, there's no world building, there's yeah. no story, there's no nothing. It's just like here's a bunch of ways to play a game, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I that's not really what I'm into. No, anymore. I get that. It's look, it's a, it's a cop out. It's an easy way for Nintendo to get games out. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna actually take a look. They actually during this direct, they released the first campaign trailer for Splatoon 2. Spoiler: It's our trailer of the week this week, so we're gonna get to see that a little later. But you're absolutely right. Like you think about a game like Breath of the Wild that kind of finally brought Nintendo's single player experience into the 21st century mm. and you look at something like splatoon which i had to really fight to get through the campaign in that and i know some people love it say it's best campaign ever i personally had to struggle to get through it um so in my opinion it's like if if this game if that's the best they could have done like the splatoon one campaign if that's the best thing they could have done for arms then i'm okay with it not being there mm. i'd prefer to just focus on the multiplayer elements but then the game should be cheap right I mean, this if it really comes without a campaign, you should be able to buy this game for forty bucks max, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm more interested. You know, I'm more interested in Splatoon two because it has a more robust feature set and campaign. Yeah, it's like what I was just saying with Unjustice two. Like, you know, there's a whole lot to do there. There's a whole lot to keep you busy and keep you playing, even if you're not, you know, going to buy it just for the competitive scene. 
Um, I can't imagine ever uh, accident, even accidentally stumbling over the competitive scene for ARMS, so it would yeah. have to completely entertain me. And I don't know anyone else with a Switch other than you. Yeah. So well, would... I think it will be a lot like Splatoon. There will be yeah. this group of people who swear by it, and then a lot of other people who will play it for a couple weeks and never get it. Right, I mean, it's like... <laughs> It's just it's to me it just looks like another glorified minigame collection, uh, and no matter how complex that minigame may be, there's you know, if I'm gonna play a fighting game, I'm gonna play Street Fighter or or some other like, more traditional thing, and I'm not I'm just not interested. I think that's and, the one thing that this direct did for me though to tip me over that scale is that I thought it was like just people are just gonna go out and flail their arms and whoever gets lucky enough to land punches are gonna I, win. Yeah. After watching this direct though, there is. There's a ton of depth to this game. I figured it was the whole element, like that. elemental element of it, where and mm -hmm. there's the there's grappling and pulling people in and then throwing and I figured it wouldn't canceling. be like that just because Nintendo doesn't do that yeah. usually. It, I mean, Nintendo makes stuff I don't care about sometimes, but rarely do they make something that's just like stupid. And I mean, Wii Music is sort of the weird one in the sense that they actually did make kind of a dumb, simple, pointless game. Yeah. Which is not their usual MO. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the worst um, first party games from Nintendo and, ever. Yeah. And like the fact that they really leaned hard on it was, yeah. was you know, because they were targeting the people that bought Wii's that weren't gamers. Yeah. Um, this one, I mean, I don't, I don't think anything on the Switch that this come out of Nintendo so far has been anything but, you know, designed for gamers who are going to sit down, play something, master it, Agreed. understand what yeah. they're looking at, and really dig into it. Like even Mario Kart, you yeah. know, like you say, has those hidden depths yeah. uh, that differ per game. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't rest on their laurels in that regard. Um, but this is just not really one that I care to, you know, spend that time on unless I play the beta and it just hooks me. We'll I'm see. interested to see when you play if it changes uh, you your know, mind at for all. Ninten for Nintendo right now, I'm just like, you give me a call when you're going to talk about Mario and Xenoblade. Yeah. Which it looks like Mario is coming out this year. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was always sure Mario would. Yeah. Xenoblade is the one. I'm just like, mm, they keep saying it. They are. They keep saying. One thing I will say is, is I think that after this week, it is a stone cold lock that you have won the fantasy league. Oh yeah. Because oh, South Park. Well, South Park confirmed a date, yeah. and it's not like at the end of the year. It's in like October, right. and Mario is the focus of E3, which isn't. A thousand percent lock that is coming out this year because they, Zelda if, was the focus last year. It ended up getting right. delayed. But, but if Mario doesn't come out this Christmas, like they got nothing. It's, like, ha it it's going to happen. Make. And then the final nail in the coffin for me was Fire Emblem Echoes getting like it's actually got anywhere from like a seven to like a nine point five. Really? But, but yeah, it's I like seen that. the reviews are like all over. But it's not that solid nine that I needed. So yeah, my copy already shipped. Yeah. Well, some people <laughs> have loved it, but their biggest everyone's biggest complaint about Echoes is its difficulty. Which is odd, because... Because it's too hard? Yeah. Because I've seen some of the critics who have railed on Echoes for its difficulty are big Souls fans. So, I don't know. Mm. But uh, that is the big knock on it so far from most of the reviews that have come out, is that some people feel it's too challenging. Hmm. So, Welcome yeah. to Fire Emblem, boys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's always been that way. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, officially it, our league is over, and it looks like you are the two-time champ of the Sifted Fantasy League. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't think about it too long. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk quickly about another Nintendo story that came out this week. So the Wall Street Journal. I know some people may trust the Wall Street Journal, some may not. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Wall Street Journal, as it's reported on Nintendo over the years, has been very accurate uh, with its reporting on Nintendo. Whoever works there definitely has a highly placed, very accurate source at Nintendo. Um, or I wouldn't mention this if it weren't 
the Wall Street Journal or even Time. Time, for whatever reason, has great connections with Nintendo as well. Wall Street Journal reports that a mobile take on Zelda is on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, no surprise. No. I mean, I think even though they haven't announced it, I think everybody assumed well, you'd be an idiot not to make yeah. some kind of a Zelda game for mobile. You want to surprise me, make a mobile Metroid game. Yeah, exactly. Or a, mo- a Metroid game at all. Yeah, too. That actually is a Metroid game. The question becomes, though, what we see... Mobile Metroid game would be like a, like Raise a Metroid. It'd be like Nintendogs You're right. Metroids. Yeah, yeah. That's what it would have been. <laughs> the question becomes, we've seen Nintendo kind of take different strategies with how it handles mobile properties. So we have Super Mario Run, which is honestly a pretty faithful representation of Mario. I mean, it's an endless runner, but it's yeah, still I mean, about it's, it's Mario adapted to that format. Right. Uh, you look at Fire Emblem, which, to me was way more close, that maybe yeah. even closer to the real game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I f- they're, they're, so far, they've been kind of like, um, you know how like they... They s- have Pokemon Go, which yeah. is completely different from the base game. Yeah, but I don't, I wouldn't, I don't lump that in with the other two, because it's, it's made by Pokemon Company. It's kind of a different... Uh, it, I'm just talking about, because look, someone outside is going to develop the Zelda game. It's right. not like Nintendo is going to make the Zelda game. Right, so but, it, but it's just like... We're just I, talking about how they handle their IP within the mobile space. Yeah, but Pokemon's not their IP. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's Pokemon Company is right. calling the shots on that one. So, But I think Fire Emblem and Mario, definitely, you can see the, the same pedigree in them. And they remind, it reminds me of, like, you know how you, like, you, they have now, like, um, they have, like, the Oreo and, like, cookie packs of, like, 100 calories in a tiny, in a tiny little, like, packet yeah. kind of thing? That's what the Nintendo mobile games are like. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's, like, it's like, oh, look at this bite-sized little sort of, you know, very, very, you know, discreetly portioned piece of of this game you like. Yeah. So I, I figure Zelda will pretty much be something similar. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like... I, I do wonder if it's going to be like a, like a 2D one or a, or a 3D one. Uh, if it's a 2D, I think it's 2D. I think it's 2D as well. Yeah. Um, I figure like they didn't let the, all the R&D on that 2D version they made out of Breath of the Wild go right. to waste. Yeah. It's going to be something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was basically like... Basically it's like you go through shrines. Like and the, like top like two D shrines yeah and like each each you know like a daily challenge of going through this shrine or whatever new shrine like, released every day yeah. you can pay for more shrines basically like an infinite number of like you know Zelda two dun- D Zelda dungeons yeah. which is like that sounds pretty good yeah it also me. solves a problem of controls on mobile as well right um, that's big, been a big hangup for me with mobile gaming since it started and it still is because they really haven't improved all that much after all this time there's still touch touch screen controls. And if you make them, um, I also feel like it'll be far more puzzle-oriented and far less action-oriented. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Lots of block-pushing and, like, flipping switches. Yeah. and bombing walls. Like, yeah, kind of using the boomerang to flip switches and stuff like that. Um, I honestly wouldn't even be that surprised if it's a lot like what we're seeing right now. Just like yeah. the original Zelda game. Very simple, easy to see on your small screen. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. I do not see a 3D Zelda. I just think the chances of that are slim. To... I mean, the graphics might be literally made of polygons, but yeah. I don't think it would be like like a, like a 3D perspective. I'd even be shocked if, if the game's polygonal, to be honest with you. I, I think it's just going to be flatly 2D. Um, and I think it needs it. I, I think Nintendo needs to set up its games in a way that you can look at them and you can tell whether they're the mobile game or a console game mm. slash handheld now that the line's blurring, obviously, with the Switch. but And I think that's a concern of Nintendo's. And I think that's one thing it did get right with Pokemon Go is that it looked and played completely different 
from the handheld, and yet still... Well, yeah, because they reskinned Ingress. Right. Basically. Right. But yet still, it managed to evangelize players of Pokemon Go to go and pick up Sun and Moon, mm -hmm. and go pick up a 3DS. 3DS sales shot through the roof whenever Pokemon Go was a big phenomenon. It still is, apparently. There's still, like, 200 million people playing it every month. Uh, I'm really surprised, actually, at how long it's held on there, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't want to spend a ton of time on this topic. I just wanted to kind of pick your brain to see where you thought it was going to head. And it's, I think we're both kind of thinking the same thing here. Is yeah. It's going to simplify the process. Anything with Zelda on it, especially after Breath of the Wild, is going to sell well. Although I'm guessing... The one thing I will say about Nintendo, though, is it hasn't really announced its mobile games like way out ahead. Mm -hmm. It'll announce them, and then it seems like they're here like a couple months later. So... Wouldn't surprise me if it was like an E3 thing and it was, yeah. it was right around that time. And then we get it like maybe the holidays or something like that, mm -hmm. just a couple months later. Because um, well, when, did, when did Fire Emblem hit? Mm, a couple months ago? Yeah, I guess it was like March, February yeah. or March I, maybe? I feel like, like once a quarter they're kind of dropping these things, yeah. roughly. Um, and isn't there an Animal Crossing one coming There's too? still, yeah, it was delayed. But mm -hmm. there is an Animal Crossing coming. That's one of the next games to be released for mobile by Nintendo. Um, yeah, but, it wouldn't surprise me if Zelda was like this fall. You think it, you think Zelda will be its most popular mobile game? Because Super Mario, Super Mario Run in the end did not do well. No, Pactor was like right on the money with that, and I I was one of the people who thought he was crazy when he had his low estimates for Super Mario Run, but I he mean, was absolutely right. I, th I thought it was going to sell uh, a little better than it did, but yeah, um, I did call how much it cost. Yeah, because I, I was, nailed it. Yeah, because I, I think he called the same price. I, I, no, I think he said it was going to be higher. Actually, higher? yeah, I think he said it was like minimum ten dollars. I don't know, I can't remember. But I was like, that was where I was. I'm like, it's going to be going to be ten bucks. Like, yeah, and people said said I was crazy. Yeah, like, no. Nope, I mean, what happened is a lot of people downloaded it, played the free part of it, and just never that was bought enough. it. I know tons of people that did that. I did. I never bought it. I bought it just because you know I figured, oh, I should play more than that to, to talk about it. And yeah. Like, I mean, I did finish it. I didn't I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I, it's not a bad game. Yeah. But it's... It didn't do enough to, to establish itself as a mobile game, right. I think is what it is. It didn't it, feel like a mobile game. I will say they they, they did improve it uh, later on. And uh, I like now... The, the game as it is now is, I think, a little less annoying yeah. in the sense that like you lose less if you lose a, a, a competition right. with another player. Um, I mean, I played it long enough to get a bunch of the Christmas decorations and stuff like that. I, I, I enjoyed it well enough. I don't know if I'm happy I paid 10 bucks for it. I have a lot of friends that play it still. In fact, one of my old buddies like from Philly just sent me a message on Facebook, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm playing this. Aren't you playing it? And I'm like, dude, that's, like, so old now. Like That's, like, six months ago. Yeah, yeah but to him, he's like, I just found Mario on my cell phone. Oh, my God, it's a revelation. I like Fire Emblem a lot better. Yeah. In, ter in terms of capturing the experience of the bigger games. Yeah. I mean, still, personally, to me, Pokemon Go is my favorite Nintendo mobile game so far, even though I know I just don't, it's I not don't their game. Yeah, I just don't put that in that same category, because it's just, it's all Niantic to me. Yeah. Um basically taking Ingress and throwing Pikachu into it. Um, and obviously going to be bigger than all other Nintendo mobile games combined for a yeah. while, it seems, until until Nintendo makes one that just sort of catches fire. I just enjoyed it because I thought it made the best use of the platform. It made use of the cameras mm -hmm. and the location, uh, like the GPS stuff. Well, it's, the, it's, and, the, it's the one game that could only be done on that platform. Right. Which and is everything really else what, were like watered-down versions of it. Right. And that's thus the lower third for this segment, which is Breath of the Mild. Like right. I, It's going to be a milder version of Zelda probably that comes out on mobile. Although I will say, I think, you know, if I had to pick one that I think is going to be their their breakout hit in that series 
probably Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah, I was just I waiting mean, to say it. Oh, it's definitely going to be huge. Yeah, it's, They're going to uh, make so much money off of DLC on that game. Oh yeah, people buying stuff to put in their little houses and and outfits. Well, and, the fact that it's right there and you don't have to take a, a 3ds with you anymore. You know, and I know my niece and all her friends played Animal Crossing New Leaf forever. So did I. Um, I probably spent 50, 60 hours playing that game. So went to that uh, far island as, and fished for like the rare. It's yeah. yeah, I got totally hooked on it. And like. And to the, to the point that, like, when I don't know, like, detailed things about that game, she looks at me like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, like, how do you, yeah. you know yeah. everything about games. <laughs> yeah. how do you not know that? I'm like, I didn't play well, New Leaf very long. Oh, you didn't play it very long. I'm not an Animal Crossing nut. Really. I'm really not either, typically. Like, I never even played the Wii version at all. City Folk or whatever it I was. Think I, I played the GameCube version a lot, and I played the DS version a lot. Yeah, I did And too. after that, it was sort of like... I feel like I've got this. I feel like I know. I what really I'm only playing. played the DS version and New Leaf. That's it. But yeah. I think that this franchise isn't made for consoles. It is made for mobile. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems silly to play that game on a console. It's made to for me. a thing that's already in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why yeah. I think that one will be a pop. And the Switch version, I think, is going to work too because Switch obviously is portable, mm. and that's I mean, it's yeah. perfect. You can play. The thing I like about that franchise is you can just play it wherever. Like, you can just be sitting on your couch while you're watching TV. It's not like you have to pay attention to it every mm-hmm. second. It's like you can just kind of hit start and leave it there. And, and you can close, be done. Close it and come back and pop it up. You don't miss anything. Like, and it's you kind of have a bit where mobile. you're sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm done for the day. Yeah. Like, I've done everything I can do today. Yeah. And, and like, on, you know, some, sometimes that's annoying. Yeah. But sometimes it's like it feels good. Like, you've, you've played your Animal you Crossing closure. for the day. Yeah. <laughs> But I agree with you. I think Animal Crossing is going to be a smash hit. I don't know if it's going to do better financially than Pokemon Go did. No. Um, I don't know. It might. <laughs> how, how many people downloaded that game, Pokemon no, Go? I don't know, like a billion or something. Yeah, like I, don't, I, don't, I mean, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about download, but as far as financially, like making money, mm-hmm. uh, the DLC on that game is just going to sell like gangbusters, and uh, I think it's going to do really well. So well, I'm sure they'll do some kind of like lottery thing for it, where it's like, you know, it, like the, the, what was it? God, what was that game with the with the slot machine stuff? A mobile game? Yeah, it was a mobile game where like you had. I mean, oh, uh, the 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 me thing, the Mitomo oh, thing, yeah. where you had to play the pachinko game. Yeah. Thing for that, it would be something like that. I guarantee, it would be some kind of like game of chance where you have to like keep buying leaves or something, or or give your real money to Tom Nook over and over again. That would really suck. But uh, but it's gonna do. It's gonna get you. Yeah, it's been interesting watching Nintendo kind of navigate these uncharted waters and try to figure out a brand new space although it should have been doing this for the last nine years as it watched right. japan be completely overtaken by well, i mean that's gaming. kind of the nintendo story right it's like breath of the wild it's like there's no yeah. reason that game couldn't have existed five years no, ago you're absolutely right yeah. but it's like better late than never i just like that nintendo is finally starting to admit that it's wrong on some things mm-hmm. because that's really what's been the problem is it's always been stubborn and it always thought it was right and it, right. whatever trends were happening this comes from yamauchi i mean he's been that is the corporate culture that he instilled mm. at Nintendo that don't worry about what everyone else is doing we're always right and we're going to do things our way and, and it looks like with Breath of the Wild maybe they're starting to finally kind of turn that corner of like yeah. sometimes it's okay to take other people's ideas and make them your own and make them better yeah, which I think sure. is what a lot of Breath of the Wild success comes from is taking yeah. things other games have done and putting their own version of their own spin on it 
Uh, it's not always done better than other games, but I think it all comes together better yeah. than most other games. So. Well, Nintendo takes seven years to make a right. game, where everybody else it, takes better. two or yeah. three years. So, but now they've got it. Has it. the time to do that. They've stuff. got the template. They yep. could do. They could do two more of those, and I think people will be fine with. Oh it. yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Ubisoft. So. This week, lots of financial reports coming out. It was essentially the end of the reporting quarter for a lot of companies. Ubisoft, no different, came out and did its financial reports, doing very well, I might add, yep. which is very strange because it hasn't really released a lot of big games. But don't they have like the top games of the selling games? Of it the does. Year? For Honor and uh, and Ghost Recon Wildlands yep. are like the two top selling games of 2017 so far. Zelda's sneaking up in there, but... We, did, we didn't call that one on For Honor, that's for sure. No. I did not think that was going to sell as well as it did I didn't, all. me either. Yeah, especially after I played it and, and evaluated it. I was really shocked that, uh, that word of mouth spread so much and it sold so well. Wildlands, even more so. I don't hear anyone talking about Wildlands. I mean, people on Sifted, there are some people who are like, I love this game. Why aren't, I, are, are, aren't mm. the rest of you playing it? I've seen some people go on to our PSN group and be like, hey, anyone want to play this with me? Crickets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think that's like what I was talking about maybe last week or the week before about how like, there's a huge mainstream audience that it doesn't go on the internet and look about, up games. It yeah. doesn't talk about games on forums. It's just they play games and then they live their lives. Yeah. And like... Those are the people that are buying Ghost Recon, Ghost Recon, and playing it every night yeah. for a couple hours with their friends, and it's like, and it continues to do well, by the way. Yeah, like a lot of times you're like, okay, you I can, would not have called that on that game. Yeah, but like a lot of times you can fool people with the IP Ghost Recon. Like, there's a lot of old school Ghost Recon fans, and in mm. fact, probably a lot of people like you just mentioned, people who are maybe hardcore gamers back on the original Xbox, have since had yeah. kids, a family a mortgage, and can't don't have the time to interact with games the way they want to, mm. they should come to Sifted. But, because that's who I made the site for. But, I inevitably see, like, people who are, like, Rainbow Six Vegas fans right. kind of coming back to that. Yeah, and they're like, oh, a new Ghost Recon. Well, heck yeah. I mean, I remember the last one. I played for 300 hours, and I don't mm -hmm. have money to buy games like I used to, and so I can see why that happened. But I'm still shocked it's the best-selling game of 2017 so far. Outsold Horizon Zero Dawn, like, everything. Well, it, I mean, it was on multiple platforms, so it yeah, had that in it helps, but, like, but... It's just, it seems so stealthy in terms of, like, you know, being... Yeah. being well, we did see every week in Europe for, like, six weeks straight. It was number one in Europe as well. Yeah. So it sold well overseas as well as in the Ubisoft's U.S. Ubisoft's really got this stuff figured out. It really does. And, and one of the people, people rag on them all the time, but it's like, it sells. Why do you think Vivendi is, like... Dumping all its resources into a hostile takeover yeah. because it's like even if you hate it's like it's like why do they keep making Transformers movies because they make a billion dollars yeah that's why yeah. Like, it's like those uh, those gifts that they used to have for the uh, Game Boy Advance with with uh, Awada oh, where he just was just smiling yeah. and it's just money flying out of the 3ds I mean that's Ubisoft like it just knows how to milk it and it's honing its craft even further if you look at that financial report it's talking about how hey we're making less games now. I mean, it totally gets, like, the games as a platform thing. And that's, you know, it's working with For Honor every week. For Honor has new stuff to buy for DLC. They put out a trailer that shows off all the new stuff. And sometimes it's just new costumes, but sometimes it's new finishing moves for, like, every single character in the game. Ubisoft is doing a really good job of the gate with the games as a platform sort of financial structure. Um, and in that, in that note, as, as it said, it's not going to be releasing as many games as it used to. It did announce The Crew 2. Matt, is, do we need a crew, too? Because it can be argued the first crew was really Ubisoft's first foray into this games-as-a-platform idea. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
Do we need it? Maybe in a world where they're not making any decent Need for Speed games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I have the crew, the original crew, and yeah. like the full. I got the. You know, I think it was like nineteen. Before bucks. I went free to play or whatever. Yeah, but it was yeah. like nineteen bucks for the whole shebang or whatever. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. The crew doesn't play tremendously no, well. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But it's such a good idea. Yeah. It's such a cool notion of mm-hmm. like I mean, and there's it's so big. Yeah. And like it's I mean, I love the concept of the crew. Um, which if people don't because it's the most generic name in the history of I mean, <laughs> it's the it's the Ubisoft racing game where you race across the entire United States. And literally um, the whole United States. The whole United States. <laughs> I mean there's some compression here and there, yeah. but you can drive you know, it takes like what, like an hour or something to drive from like New York to San Francisco. Yeah. I mean and you can do it. I mean, yeah. it, it's packed with tons of stupid little things to do that it's hard to pay attention to the roads sometimes. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I've played probably 10, 15 hours of it total. And, like, I think I've been from, like, Chicago to Detroit. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, there's so much there. And then they added, like, a cops, like a cop chase thing in, like, their last update. Like, they... And their last update was, like, six months ago. I'm like, I'm like, they're still putting out expansions oh, yeah. for this thing? But that's what I was saying. They've so, got it figured out. Yeah. Like, they know that it's working. So, like... For so, this game that really tanked so if, out of the gate. So, if you, like... You know, if they're going to make a sequel that plays better, that play, you know, give me something that plays on, the, on par with one of the open-world Need for Speed games, but, like, this... Yeah, I'm in. I, that's, cr- that's great. I don't know if they have it in them to do that. Yeah. But, like... I love the idea of the crew. Yeah. It's just, it didn't, no single part of that game gelled properly. Yep. Um, and also, it still had that problem of just like, you know, Ubisoft seems to think that the only way to appeal to a mainstream audience is just to bro the hell out of stuff. <laughs> and like, everyone's just the coolest street racing, yeah. garage working mechanics. Like me, right? Wrench I'm a street racer. Yeah, racing. exactly. It's like everyone's <laughs> Shane in the world of the crew. Um... Uh, I mean, hell, you even called groups on Sifted Cruise. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> they knew go. They knew who they're, they knew what they're making. Yeah, yeah. I think one of, they didn't say much about the sequel other than to say they basically hinted that there's going to be a lot more off-road stuff mm. in the game, um, which makes it seem like it's going to inch a little bit more closely to like the Forza Horizon series mm-hmm. where you have a... I mean, there, there are worse templates to follow. Well, one thing I would say is, I don't know if you remember when the first trailer came out for the crew, but it showed a lot of off-road stuff. Yeah. But then ultimately in the game, it was a very, very small part of it. Yeah, unless you, you could seek it out. But, like, and I think they did like expand it more with, like, a later expansion, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not a, I'm not a big mud bogger, yeah. if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah. um, Never would have guessed. Don't let the beard fool you. <laughs> But uh, it's uh, so I never did a whole. I'm more of a street a street guy. Yeah. Uh, keep me on the asphalt. Yeah. But um, uh, I mean, it is there. I mean, there's a yeah. whole section for like off road stuff, right. and like you can have like off road versions of like some pretty weird cars in there, which is cool. Um, they added uh, motorcycles, I think, at some point. I'm wondering if they're going to make the entire United States an open world. Well, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, kinda. I mean, there's certain like um, choke points where you kind of have to stay on. Right. I mean, you, like you gotta go through like Denver. Right. But you mean like you could like, you literally just could drive you, like, anywhere turn, you could want. you like turn right out of like Chicago and just like just go to New York. Drive right? to New York. Yeah, yeah. Drive to New York without ever touching a road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Which would be insane. Be cool. It, it would, but it would be insane to build something like that. But if anybody's going to do that, it'd be Ubisoft. It is Ubisoft because they, they. I mean, open worlds are kind of their thing. I mean, they don't always hit it out of the park, but they, you can usually see they had a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm waiting for 
them to start tying everything they make together into the Ubisoft Ubisoft cinematic universe. Right. Um, <laughs> where Assassin's Creed is in the same universe as Watch Dogs is in the same universe as Ghost Which Recon. is possible. You could Which is you the could same universe as the crew. Yeah, you could <laughs> mix that really all up. It could work. And they just call it, the game just would be called Ubisoft. Yeah. And that's it. Ubi World. Ubi World, yeah. Uh, okay, so the crew, too. I think both of us are lukewarm on that. Trying to say positive because it has possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far Cry 5 was officially announced after the leaks that we talked about last yeah. week. Uh, we're not going to talk a ton about that because obviously we already discussed it at length in last week's episode. Um, you have some intel that you probably can't share. No. So there, there will be, but there will be information about Far Cry 5 coming out very soon. Yeah. Um, before E3, likely. We should get some information on that. At least... Yeah, it sounds... Probably. Yeah. I mean, that, that's... It's not one... I'm sure it's not one of their big surprises, because it's the yeah. fifth game in a series, and really, what, more like the eighth game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what uh, what they have to show on this one. Uh, it's always interesting to me to see how they try to keep that series fresh, because it is a formula, but the fact that they don't have to have the stories or anything relate to each other is, I think, that that series' biggest strength. Yeah. Um, the fact that you can jump from, you know, tropical islands to Tibet to an 80s sci-fi movie to caveman days, like, that that gives you... A lot of flexibility. Oh, oh yeah, it, it gives you a way to make something that's, that plays the same, not feel stale, because you're always doing something a little bit different. Yep. Um, and then they announced, officially, that the next Assassin's Creed is coming, will be shown off at E3. Mm-hmm. All three of these games being released before the end of March next year. Um, yep. Pro- I mean, I would guess, maybe not the crew too, I don't know. I would guess most of them in time for Christmas. Yeah, but they said, but officially all they've said is fiscal they're year. all coming out this fiscal year, yeah. which ends March 31st yeah. of Although I think year. Far Cry, Far Cry is a couple times come out in the spring, if I, early, early in the year. If I remember Far Cry... The last Far Cry came out in like March. Was it March? Yeah. 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 Primal was March. Far Cry 3 was December. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like... Or wait, was it Far Cry 4 that came four? out in December? I think it was. No, it was 3. Was well, it 3? Maybe it was both. I remember one of them Far could Cry- not be considered for Game of the Year because yeah, Far, That was probably also probably Far Cry 3 because Far Cry 3 was the last review I wrote for X-Play. Okay. Which was the very end of 2012. There you go. Um... Was it, no, it was the last one I produced. I think Miguel wrote that one. Okay. But uh, it was one of the last... It was like the last game out the door. Before X-Play, before X-Play shut away. down. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely... A, they're, they're definitely late releases. And that would have been definitely past the deadline for Game of the Year. And maybe Far Cry 4 was at the same... I don't remember when Far Cry 4 came out. Yeah. I'm sure it was around the same time. But, yeah, Far Cry tends to either just barely squeak in there or just barely make the end of fiscal. So, yeah. I guess Far Cry would probably be the last of the three. Yep. Some of the details have been sneaking out about the Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's confirmed that it is in Egypt. Yep. Um, it is a prequel of some sort. Yeah. Probably called Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they said it was the. I think the rumors said it was the uh, Black Flag team. Yep. Which is it. good. Which news. is good. Very good news. Yeah. Um, they said drastic changes. Drastic changes. Yeah. They haven't. Uh, there was a there was talk about like. Like, progression of the character will be more based on what you do rather than your progression in the story. Right. Um, you know, because one of the things in Assassin's Creed has always been, like, you know, you can play as long as you want, but you're not going to get that new piece of gear until you finish that story mission. Right, you know? yeah. 
Um, I so wonder that, if it's going to be more like Breath of the Wild, to be honest with you. Bit, I mean, or more like Far Cry. Like Far yeah. Cry, you can progress your character pretty far by doing no, nothing right. except like running around killing stouts or yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they're taking a lesson from that, which is funny because Far Cry 3 really took a lot of lessons from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, it just makes me wonder how you're. I mean, and there's rumors of being able to like sail the Mediterranean. There's going to be ship combat. Ship you, combat you, confirmed. You might even yeah. be able to get to Greece. Yeah. At some point. That's that was one of the more far-fetched rumors, yeah. but yeah, or maybe I thought they were saying Greece for the sequel. I don't know. To it, was, it was unclear. I yeah. Mean, but uh, I mean, I'm on board with that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an Egypt fan. Yeah. I'd like to see. I'd like to see their take on that, and, and it's. I feel like they'd kind of gone as far as they could go in terms of pushing the, the, the date forward into the modern era. Yeah. And you were even starting to see problems in Syndicate where like you had to have the grappling hook to be able to get across the, the wider streets and the higher yeah. buildings. And you know, I, I think going back to the roots is probably a wise choice. I do think Arca, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is a terrible, terrible title. You know um, what? Whenever we I... don't know if that's real yet, but like yeah. it, it's. I just think Origins is a bad. First off, it reminds me of Wolverine Origins, which no one should ever remind anyone of that movie. So, but it's, it's just like feel. It's such a. It's such a. Bleh, there it is. No, Origins, thing. hands down, is the most popular subtitle for a video game. Period. Yeah. Uh, this was originally Kotaku. Whenever it leaked the first information from the next Assassin's Creed, said it was Assassin's Creed Empires. And so when it came out that it was going to be called Origins, I had to go into the database and change the title of the game. And so what happened? What you do is like you. You can search for just one word. And so after I changed the title, I searched for Origins. And literally, there was like 20 games with the subtitle Origins. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right. It is the most generic name you could ever have for a game. I don't think it'll hurt it ultimately. No, but... I mean, it's Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed. But like, yeah. it's just bad. Yeah. yeah but it's also like I didn't... It's what they I... always use for prequels. Right. I also don't agree with... Sin I mean, I thought a Victory was a cooler name yeah. for... That for that than Syndicate. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's so, a reference of Victoria and Victorian times. It was. It was. It's. I don't know. Whoever's naming these things is is a few frames off where I would be. Well, it's all by the numbers right. and marketing. I mean, they, it probably was called Assassin's Creed Empires. They did a focus group on it, and eighty of the hundred people said that they liked Origins better because they knew or the, it was or, a prequel. Or they were all, or the focus groups were all like, "Oh, why isn't this a Star Wars game?" Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably the type of that, stuff I not there. would not be surprised yeah. at all. Well, Ubisoft is in on a great trajectory. I hope it can yeah. stay on this trajectory, and you know, Vivendi just keeps his nose out of it. But it's looking more and more likely that that's yeah, not that's really be the case. starting to warm up. It right really now. is, and uh, I just wonder what kind of an impact it'll have, and if all these games end up making it when they're supposed uh, well, to. Well, I'd like to say that if you're a company that's looking to take over something like Ubisoft, um, you probably want this successful company to keep doing what it's doing. But, in reality, whoever buys a thing tends to want to make it their own to some degree, and that can sometimes be very bad for everyone involved. And a lot of the people involved may not want to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean... You could have an exodus. Ubisoft has already started talking about, like, rallying the troops and being like, okay, well, if you take over, we'll just take our cash, and we'll start a new publisher, yeah. and we'll take all the people... All the good people. ...with us, because... And anyone they don't take, I'm sure the other developers in Toronto and Montreal will be happy. Yeah. To t I mean, WB Montreal could would love some extra talent, I'm sure. I mean, with all due respect to Rare, Rare is a perfect example of the people make the company. Yeah. It's not the logo or the name or the IP. 
It's the actual creatives who are mm. working on those products that make the difference. And so, maybe that IP will carry you through one subsequent hit, but yep. as soon as people realize what they're playing is not what they wanted or not what they're used to, yep. they won't come back for that next one until, the they know, until they know better. And, yeah. and you, I mean, you even saw it with Assassin's Creed. Right. Yep. You know, Syndicate did not sell what it should have sold because Unity let people down. Yeah, absolutely. So... It'll be interesting to watch over the coming year. Uh, we're, I think we're all rooting for Ubisoft in this. Nobody ever likes to see a company being takeover hostily. That no. is one part of capitalism that I really hate. It's I mean, like, I love... I, I'm a big fan of most of Ubisoft stuff. I, I, yeah. mean, I know it's a lot of it's by rote and a lot of it's repetitive and you're always just hunting for the same... You know, even Ghost Recon, it's just like, here's a, here's a map full of icons. Yeah. And like in a post-Breath of the Wild world, that's not really... You know, Breath of the Wild kind of showed you can do that without directing every, someone... You know, to everything specifically, yeah. you can just sort of like guide them and let them let them just play. Give them a little nudge in the right direction. Right. Yeah. But um, I still enjoy all the Ubisoft stuff, so and, do I. and you know, I will probably pick up Ghost Recon when the summer drought hits, and just have something yep. that I can. You know, I, I. What better way to spend the summer than picking up a thousand little notes? <laughs> Good times. Don't take a vacation. <laughs> Don't take a vacation. <laughs> Gather lore. <Yeah. laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our last topic of this week's episode, Destiny 2. Save the biggest for last. I was going to say best for last, but the response coming out of this big event that happened yesterday, mostly positive, Mm -hmm. um, but certainly mixed. I think the pervading opinion from most, uh, most journalists that went there is that it's not as big a departure as they had hoped for. Um, Matt, you did actually didn't. I'm so shocked that you did not have time to watch this because you are literally the biggest Destiny mm. fan player that I know. Yeah, I uh, was very busy yesterday. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, I saw the trailer. I saw the the gameplay trailer with the with the tower being destroyed and all that. Yeah, but I did not have time to watch the the actual live stream. Well, I did, and I took a ton of notes. So, as a Destiny player, a hardcore player, how many hours would you say you put into the first one? 100 something 100 100 120 okay so what i'm going to do is i'm going to just ping all these off initially and then i think i put another like 50 or so into the taken king okay and rise of iron stuff okay so i'm going to ping all these changes off of you and then i want to get your take as a destiny expert and hardcore player of your impression of them um let's see Let's talk about the PC version very quickly, because that information kind of is the most recent. It just kind of came out mm. today. No dedicated server. Well, actually, first, let's say PC version going to be hosted on Battle.net. Which is now Blizzard app or and whatever. it's very curious. Today, people ask them, why did you bring up Battle.net? Because that's gone. Now right. it's called Blizzard Launcher. Right. And Blizzard said, this is an exception. That we decided to use that old term for this reason and that for this this one purpose, and that's it. Why would they do that? Brand recognition? They're like, people don't know what Blizzard Launcher is yet? Partly that and partly because I have yet to run into anyone who thinks Blizzard Launcher is better than Battle.net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, like, people, even like the hardcore Overwatch people are just like, now it just says Blizzard on my on my little app thing. It's stupid. Like, they don't, yeah. they don't like it. Battle.net. Or what was somebody, what did somebody say? It's like it's a it's a it's a launcher that that gets you into conflict with people. It's not a launcher that has anything to do with the weather. Yeah, and I'm like okay, <laughs> okay. I mean that's that's valid. Um, I mean I guess it makes sense that Activision want to start putting more stuff on that because I mean it does it is kind of silly to have a whole you know whole platform like that for five games. Yeah. Um, 
Blizzard also said that it, it is not going to get into the business of hosting third-party games on its service. This, right. this was a special exception just for basically their partners in, yeah. in some way. I mean, ways. it makes sense in the, in the, in the way that, like... It's look, all in the family, because Blizzard's the family, by Activision. And most, and, and most people probably already have Battle.net installed, yeah. and uh, you know, it makes it pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't. It means Activision gets, doesn't have to pay Gabe Newell anything. Yep. Uh, the PC version is actually being released later. Console Whoops. versions are, I think, September 9th, yeah. I believe. They haven't announced the exact hard date for the PC version, but it's coming later, and it will not have dedicated servers on PC. Mm. Is that something that's overblown, you think, Matt, a lot? Um, it can be. I mean, it depends if you're... I mean, I'm not tremendously interested in the, uh, the multiplayer stuff. Although I did play a lot of the competitive stuff on the first, more than I thought I would. Um, but we've had that conversation before about the dedicated yeah. versus peer-to-peer peer, peer peer and like, you know, dedicated I know is better, but like I don't, it, I don't I'm not good enough to really tell the difference, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> That's um, a good point. You have to be like esports level to where you're really kind of seeing somewhat. the I difference. Think, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get the PlayStation Four version uh, because they have the same deal again, where the DLC gets there first. Yeah, and I'm also not gonna wait two weeks or what or how weeks, months, who knows how long it's gonna take for the PC version to show up. Yeah, I was originally if it was day and date, I would be more inclined because the performance is obviously gonna be better. Console versions of 30 frames a second, is, you know, unlocked frame. Yeah, what do you think PC. about that? Um, Console versions at even on PlayStation 4 Pro, it's not going to be 60 frames a second. It doesn't really surprise me, um, and I'm not a super crazy frame rate person, so like, it'll be fine. Um, Don't you think that maybe the Xbox Scorpio version should have something should have popped up yesterday about that? Well, they said they can't talk about the Scorpio version until their, the the announcement at E3. Yeah. So maybe maybe we, there's something we don't know. Right. Um, clearly, I think the. I mean, it should be able to run it at sixty. Maybe. I mean, the fact that the fact that Scorpio exists is probably one of the reasons the PC version exists. Probably, yeah. Because um, that parody is mm-hmm. one of Microsoft's, you know, tent poles yep. or, or pil- pillars right now. Yeah. Um, so, and who knows? Maybe the PC version is coming out later later because they have to coincide with the Scorpio launch. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, because I know because the, the game's coming out with September Scorpio, people I think is estimated to be like November. Um, what if the PC version is like a Scorpio launch title kind of? And it's like, oh, but that would be really suck for Xbox One owners. It would, yeah. Um, but because uh, it's like, oh, now if you buy a Scorpio, that game you've been playing for three months is going to look way better. It's yeah. Like, well, thanks, dude. Like, hmm. I don't know. It's. Uh, it's not it's not a game killer for me, but I know a lot of people are disappointed that like you know these next gen consoles are not running this thing at a level that they consider acceptable, especially the Pro and and I mean we don't know about the Scorpio yet. Yeah. Um, the Pro, I think the Pro, uh, while it does offer some incremental advantages, has proven to be kind of a disappointment in terms of performance. I'd agree. Yeah. So at this point, I'm just not really surprised by it anymore. Yep. Uh, let's start talking about a little bit of the nuts and bolts of Destiny 2. Uh, let's see, there's two primary weapon slots. One for kinetic, non-elemental damage weapons, and one for energy, elemental damage weapons. And a third slot for power weapons. Mm-hmm. That that have any... that resonate with you at all? Does it really matter? Um, I mean, it would matter in the existing game, uh, but I guess... 
if they are going to make that change, they'll have designed the game around that. So I guess we'll see how it works. Uh, let's see. The base stats, strength, intellect, and discipline have all been removed. Uh, you just have armor, agility, and recovery now. That's not too bad. I mean, simplifying it. The more, the more you can simplify it, the better. Especially Agreed. because, like, it's that was a big issue I had with it. Like, once I finished the campaign, I got lost trying to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do with the mm -hmm. whole like light and everything. I was just like, and they simplified that more as as time went on. Yeah. in the first game already, but like, like it's kind of like what you said about Dark Souls, where like you know they, they're using they use these term this terminology that doesn't automatically mean anything yeah. to you. And it's one. And this thing, game was totally yeah. guilty of that. And it's one yeah. thing to do that in like a game like Dark Souls, where they're intense, intentionally kind of trying to make you sort of you know puzzle things out. But in a game like Destiny, like it should all be instantly readable. Yeah, it there's no all... reason for it. There no. really isn't. I don't think there's a reason for it in any game, to be honest. But I know I may stray from the pack a little bit on that. Uh, let's see. Um, matchmaking for strikes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, wasn't it raids that, that you could do that matchmaking on? Yeah. Uh, that people were kind of asking for, but Bungie was like, eh, you're not, you're like, you know, we don't want to play raids with randoms, trust us. And it's yeah. probably true because you got to do some, you got to, the teamwork has got to be there for the raids for the most part. Um, until they progress to the point that, like, the old, I think like, the original raid, I think, can be soloed now. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, uh, um,. That's good. I mean, the more you just let people play... I'm hoping that on PS... Because one of my problems with Destiny on... Because I bought Destiny on PS4. And almost everybody else I knew bought it on Xbox One. Because we were all Xbox people. Right. And P I, I switched to PS4 stuff pretty quick. Because the mm -hmm. performance yeah, difference was very obvious. And I was like, where is everybody on Destiny? And I, and I remember at some point I loaded up my Xbox One. And it was just like Destiny, Destiny. It was like, it was like my whole friends list is playing Destiny on Xbox One. And I was like, oh, people. Yeah. People, you gotta, you gotta keep up. Um... So I'm still going to go uh, PS4, I think, on this one, and I hope more people come with me. I'm playing PS4, definitely. Because um, otherwise, you know, I, I played Destiny, a lot of Destiny I played solo um, after the first couple of weeks because everybody sort of dropped out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, which, which, you know, you, inclu you included. You're, yeah. You're, you know, I think there's not a whole lot there to, to hook you unless you have nothing else to play and you, or you really enjoy the sound that Cabal heads make when they pop. <laughs> which, which I, I do, yeah. for sure. I'm glad, the Cabal is the, I'm glad the Cabal is the main enemy in this because yeah. uh, they're the most interesting enemy. To they me. are, and they're the favorite one. My favorite one's to kill as well. Yeah. Uh, there are tweaks to the classes. Um, I probably should have taken better notes on this um, so we could have some better discussion on it. But they have tweaked some classes. Uh, there's four new worlds. Mm. Uh, patrols return... Of course. Here's something that concerns me, though. They say there's more exploration now. Hmm. Like, I felt like there was too much of that and not enough action in well, the first I didn't Destiny. think that. I, th I thought that there's no reason to explore was the problem. Yeah, because it, it was just the same crap over and over again. Right. So how, how if they could not fill up that space last time with interesting things to do, when they make it bigger this time... How are they going to fill it up with interesting things to do? Well, maybe they just didn't have to start over two years before release this time. Yeah, that, that could be part of it. Um, that has me a little bit concerned. And I think a lot of the hands-on reports that came out of the event, people were saying that they were concerned about that, too. They're worried that it's going to be, once again, this kind of big open expanse where you're just mm -hmm. doing the same things over and over again. The, the density of content is definitely a concern in any, uh, in any major open world thing because they are clearly trying to make They're this a more organic on. open world idea. Yeah. And not just, you know, I mean, you can even see that in the, in the setup of the story where they destroy the tower because they're trying to make... They're trying to remove those transit barriers between the locations where things occur. Yeah. So no longer are you going to have to, like, wait through a load screen 
and look at your fancy ship that does nothing. Right. Um, I'm surprised they never did anything with the ships for anything. Oh, I know, like, yeah. <coughs> and get to the tower and then do your stuff at the tower. This looks like, you know, everybody's kind of got their underground base and stuff, but it looks like it's all going to be organically part of one of the gameplay areas. So I'm, I'm looking for it. And look, the mere fact that that trailer, again, is building the same way that Taken King and Rise of Iron did on making these characters into actual characters, whereas, like, you know, when they refer to each other by name, now I actually know who they're talking right. to, whereas after I'd played the first, the original... Vanilla, I still don't. Original, oh, I played the <laughs> original vanilla game for, like, what, 100 hours? I couldn't have named anybody in that, yeah. that meeting room yeah, where, where you level either. stuff up. Yeah. And, like, now I know who all of them are. Right. And, so, and it's, like, it's like, all you need to do is... And it's funny because the, the solution ended up being exactly what they did since Halo 1. Just radio conversations between these guys it with helps. distinct writing for each character. Yeah. That's all it is. It helps a lot. And where was that? Where was it? Where I'm assuming was? that that will be an element. Yeah, I in feel Destiny like they've too. learned their lesson on that. And I assume that um, uh, uh, Peter Dinklage will not be returning. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably both b- both parties are probably fine <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bigger side quests. They're now called adventures. Oh. Yeah. I think that's an improvement the game certainly needed. Yeah. I mean, it's... The the more you can pull it away from being just like your standard MMO busy work, the better. Yep. I still have a fear of that, though. Here's probably an improvement that every single person who ever played Destiny can 100% get behind. There's no orbit. (laughs) You don't have to go to that awkward, like, Mm. fake loading screen that they would have there where you'd see your ship flying for, like, ten minutes before it would load up the next area. It's also important because that's the screen where you start to think about what you're doing with your life. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. It makes you second-guess what you're doing. Never give me a chance. Never give me a chance for (laughs) self-reflection. Just keep going. Just keep me playing. And that's exactly what it is. It's going to be basically controlled by a big map screen, and you just select where Mm. you want to go, and off you go. Uh, I think everyone will agree that's a big improvement. Uh, multiplayer, the Crucible, getting big changes, going from 6 versus 6 to 4v4. Hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm kind of okay with it, but, like... I honestly I, played I, the Crucible for, like, a week and a half before I... I played the up. Crucible for quite a while. Um, I was pretty good at it, which is unusual for first-person shooter co- competitive multiplayer modes. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I wasn't playing, like, the... You know, it's That's not because like I, it's unbalanced. It's It was all about, like, your character and how they were buffed up. Well, no, and, I wasn't like, playing. They, they didn't have that at the beginning. Like, the, your, your your equipment was all disabled. At first, uh, yeah. At first. And so that was what I was playing. Uh, and, of course, there were... I mean, obviously, there were weapon types that were way better. Right. Um, and they tried for a while. You know, the hand cannon was king It was not while, balanced, but, is no. what I'm getting at. Like, they... Tried to take away the buffs that you got from playing the regular part mm-hmm. of the game, but still, the game, the multiplayer was not very no, well balanced. But I enjoyed it for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. why? I don't know. I don't yeah. know why I like that better. But maybe well, it's I... because Bungie's gunplay feels great. That's true. That's a big part of it. Um, I don't. I'm curious. Did they say why they switch, They dropped the player they count? They have not. That was just like something they mentioned. Like they didn't really go in depth on the Crucible and multiplayer that much. Mm-hmm. That they were. I mean, all... I'm kind of okay with that in the sense that like it's not a huge part of my Destiny experience anyway. And if like we can have a full competitive multiplayer experience with a team of two, which is a pretty easy thing to gather. Yeah. Like I'm into that. That's cool. Um, I can see that being a real point of contention with with people who are more focused on PvP though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We already knew no carryover other than your appearance from right. Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. Even the fact that they're getting appearance in there, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember what my character looks like. 
<laughs> I don't really remember either, actually. I've, play, I've played as her for 150-some hours, and I'm like, uh, she's blue? Yeah. <laughs> I certainly um, don't remember my loadout. She might which, be purple, actually. Which, I don't remember. I really uh, don't remember what she looks like. With Destiny, it's all about the loadout, and I don't even right. remember that. So that just goes to I show you. I have some fancy st- I love my... my I got all, a lot of my gears has, like, you know, feathers and gold trim, and, like, I have, a like, a crusader-looking coat and stuff. Yeah. I have a, she's a warlock. Um, I really like some of the gear I have, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, let's see. There's a season pass. It's called the Expansion Pass. Of course. Uh, isn't it like, like, I think but it, it, I don't it's know a better it deal is. to buy it at GameStop now, I think. It is, but I don't know if it, you know, you said of course, but things are changing. Like, a lot of shooters aren't having season passes anymore. This, yeah. to me, is a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, well, Bungie got to get money, Activision got to get money. They got money. <laughs> they got money, but they want more money. <laughs> they want more money. Because they're spending a lot of money on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, don't mind paying, like, you know, a, a fee for expansion stuff if they're on the level of Taken King sure. or, or yeah. Rise of... I mean, Rise of Iron wasn't as good as Taken King, but, like, by Taken King, I felt like they'd kind of got their head around what, more or less, what people wanted in terms of new content. Yeah, it's understandable because a lot of the... When we say no season pass for a lot of shooters, what we're talking about is maps, maps are free. Yeah. And they still have sort of the, the cosmetic DLC in there that sort of flows the boat mm. in And if they're the smart, maps. like, the, you know, the season pass will get you the new story content, but, like... If there's multiplayer maps that come out of that new content, they'll just add that to the Crucible for free. Yeah. Because what does that hurt? Yep. And then finally, there is an open beta coming early, and you get an early if you earlier earlier if you pre-order the game. Mm -hmm. Um, PlayStation Four, Activision has signed up with Sony for this, so you're going to get preferential treatment on PlayStation Four. Uh, did they say if expansion packs will be first on PS4? I believe so, yeah. It looks that way. The same, same as the first game. Yeah. Um, which won't be a problem for us because we're going to buy it on PlayStation 4. Mm. But everyone's going to be able to get a taste and be going to be able to try out Destiny 2 before they decide to actually plunk their money down. Uh, they have not announced a hard date for the open beta yet, but typically, at least last time, it happened like three weeks before yeah. release. So expect that. Late August, probably mid to late August. So. I mean, but, and I'll you know the, the beta on the first one is pretty much what sold me the game. Yeah, like I was kind of I was more of like, oh, okay, I'll try it. Sort of yeah. like, sort of like uh, the division. I was yeah. like, all right, I'll try it. Sure, it's right here, and I really liked how it felt. Yeah, so I bought it, and uh, that was all there was to really like. Yeah, yeah but I <laughs> that out, was it. But I kept playing it. Yeah, um, and kind of a disease. One last thing is that Bungie did say that they know, they've heard all the complaints about the first game, about how the campaign didn't really feel like a campaign, mm-hmm. and it felt like you were just playing an MMO. They said that they're doing things specifically to address that. A lot more cinemas, a lot more interaction yes. with other characters. Now you'll be playing in a, in, a, in a big squad of guys, and you're going to be looking for someone called Mr. Chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bungie seems to be saying all the right things and talking a mean game here. Yeah, but already I think you're starting to see, like... You know, it's not they, that they, different. They talked a big game about how much they were changing it, and in the end, it's not that It really isn't. Different. I mean, yeah. looking at even just that gameplay trailer, it's like, okay, well, oh, there's that ship again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even, looking at a gameplay tra- trailer, it's like, okay, well... You could show this to me, and I'd know it was Destiny. Right, yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad Which, thing. You I mean, have to it, change everything. It, it but is like... called Destiny 2, so yeah. it's some part of that does make sense. And another thing, too, is that they Bungie did kind of work through a lot of the issues with the expansions for the first game. So I feel like a lot of people feel like by the time the last expansion re- was released, it was kind of in a good place. Yeah, but I think 
also there's sort of a sentiment of by the time the last expansion was released, this is what the game should have launched as. Yeah. And so maybe Destiny 2 will be the game Destiny 1 should have been. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the main hope. And I think that was the subtitle it, for pretty much every preview right. that was written from that event yesterday. <laughs> well, because remember that like Destiny 1 was supposed to last 10 years. Right. Yeah, you were supposed to carry your character over forever or whatever thing. You know. Yeah. It was supposed to, they were trying to use it as a platform. Yeah. And that platform just wasn't up to... I mean, that really was one of the long. first ideas of, hey, we can make a game as a platform. Yeah. And we all thought it was crazy, but... I thought, it, I mean, I thought it makes sense that they could pull it off, but like make something interesting enough to play for 10 years, and they didn't. Overwatch did that. Yeah. Yes, they did. <laughs> Leave it to Blizzard to step in and show them how it was done. I mean, I mean, 2026, I'm sure we'll be playing the 10th anniversary event on Overwatch. Exactly. And, I mean, you also think about it, it's, you know, the fact that Bungie has to come to Blizzard for its online service. I mean, mm. we're kind of seeing the hierarchy here at Activision, aren't we? Yeah, I had I had a nice little. We're cons- seeing the big boys of Blizzard being like. Yeah, but I had a nice little conspiracy theory uh, about the Battle.net Blizzard Blizzard launcher thing, where it was like, what fake if- news, fake news. <laughs> but what if internally? What if you know? Because clearly this would have been something they discuss yeah. a while. You know, yeah, planning what to do. you would think, right? <laughs> uh, you know, but the discussions for this would have been going on some time, a year or more ago. Yeah. What if part of the deal was, okay, you can put Destiny on our thing and call it Battle.net, but we get to change the name of the launcher to Blizzard. Name it after ourselves. So yeah. no, one, no one forgets where they are. Right, right. Yeah, possible. I, zero evidence of that. I have yeah. it's, not, it's not like a, a clever way to give you hearsay or anything. Yeah. That's just like... This is like how I like to imagine corporate deals <laughs> happening. Where it's, like, where it's just like Blizzard just being like... like just, I mean, imagine Blizzard giving that condition... While they're just sort of sitting on their side of the the meeting room table, like counting money, yeah, like that, that's a well, what if you know? That's like the time I went to uh, when I was working at game trailers, and the site was blowing up, and like Ubisoft's trailers were doing like six or seven million views a piece on our site, and we, uh, me and the executive team, we all went to Ubisoft to uh, have a meeting with them to try to figure out how we could work even better with them because we're like, man, you're, it was like the first Assassin's Creed and then mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 2 was coming up. I mean, GT was just huge then. Like, we were getting exclusives for everything. And so I went up there to try to pitch them on ideas to get even more exclusives for GT and then ultimately to run on the TV show and all that kind of stuff. And I was in the meeting with the, all their executives and it was me and, like, three other executives from Viacom and it was floated in that meeting that we should begin paying Ubisoft for its trailers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, so we'll be the only ones to get them then? You know, no, no, the other, no, the other sites would get them, and you like, won't put it on YouTube. Oh no, no, no! You can't, you can't put, the, make, run them in commercials. You, <laughs> like you will, we will be your sole source of marketing. Is Dude, what you're saying. It was insane. I was like, you lost your mind. And I will say, the person who said that is a very highly respected person within the industry. I'm not going to out mm-hmm. him with using his name, but uh, yeah, they were like, they floated the idea of us paying for <laughs> their trailers to run them on GT. So nope. Yep, so that's it. I think we went through every little factoid that's known so far about Destiny 2. Much more will be coming very soon, obviously with E3 right around the corner. And uh, it's going to ramp up because the game comes out now in a few months. So they are on a tight schedule, which means it should be good stuff for us as far as information coming out at a steady clip. And with that, it's time for our trailer of the week. In hindsight, I feel like I probably should have chosen the new South Park Fractured Butthole 
trailer. Uh, but instead, I went with one that I thought had more impact, which is, as I mentioned earlier, is the uh, debut campaign trailer for Splatoon 2. Uh, get those questions into the chat so we can answer them when we get back. Uh, let it roll, Sam. Matt, do you think that that looks all that different from the campaign in the first Splatoon? Well, it looks like it has a little more meat on it. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it looks about, you know, bare minimum what constitutes a campaign beyond sort of the generic fighting game campaign of like, play, play a ladder of things. And then, you're, I mean, that's basically what the campaign in the first one was. Yeah. But like, I mean, it looks like it's more than the first one. And I... I yeah, you know, there's a little bit more variety, there's a little like difference. Maybe you learn a little bit about the world. Um, I don't know if I want to know more about the world. So <laughs> yeah, because it's it really, really weird. weird. <laughs> and like you're like, so what? What evolutionary force caused a bunch of paint to become people? But you're all you all kind of look evil. It's ink, Matt. It's, it's ink. ink. Oh, it's ink. Yeah. Matt. Right. <laughs> it's not paint. Paint, ink, ink, and paint. Oh, honestly, I think it looks about the same. I mean, it looks like maybe it's a little more robust, but... Yeah, well, it looks like there's characters more now. You know, yeah. there's something to it. I don't know. I don't know. It's... it's it seems like it's they're taking fine. the easy way out to me. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of the... Anything between Zelda and Mario right now on the Switch feels like that to me. Um, with the possible exception of Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yep. Uh, here's a fun question from Drunken Elvis, one of our regular... Uh, Members on the stream, it's my birthday today. Happy birthday. 
And I have re received Farpoint and Injustice 2. Which should I play first? Um, hmm. I would say play Farpoint first, because wow. you're going to stop playing that soon enough to play some Injustice. <laughs> And I would say the opposite. <laughs> I would say play Farpoint last because once you play it, you're going to be sick and you're not going to want to play anything else. If you're I, like me, anyway. See, I stopped. I mean, yes, I had to go to bed, so I'd be up in time to come here. But, like, uh, I, I stopped Farpoint just because at a certain point I'm just like, that's enough for now. Like, it's, I wasn't sick. I wasn't, my eyes weren't tired. It was just like I was tired of shooting spiders. Yeah. And Injustice, Injustice will, can maybe suck you in and get you playing for longer than you think you will. So what I'm saying is if you play Injustice first, you might find you're out of time to try Farpoint today. Got ya. That's why I said Farpoint first. first. Um, Cheater Hater. Thoughts on Black Ops 2 being in the top 10 of MPD and what it means for the future of backwards compatibility. Oh, also, mm. by the way, Black Ops 2 outsold uh, Infinite Warfare. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, overall? Just like for Lifetime that... today, or just that Oh, week? for well, Lifetime, it's destroyed it. But yeah. just this last month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Black like Ops total? 2. Yeah. Or just for the month? Just for the month. Okay. Yeah. The Infinite Warfare really didn't seem to catch the imagination, <laughs> did it? It didn't, which is a shame. I think it's... At least the campaign is really good. Yeah. Uh... Black Ops 2 is a great frick... That's my thought. Black Ops... I've said it on this show so many times... Black Ops 2 is my favorite Call of Duty game. Um, and apparently other people agree that it's the best Call of Duty game. I just think that's what it is. I don't think it's an indictment on how good or bad Infinite Warfare is. I mm -hmm. think Black Ops 2 is just that damn good, especially the multiplayer. I love it. Um, I can totally see why people wanted to pick it up. I'm sure a lot of people double-dipped. People who had already bought like the oh, box sure. copy or whatever and uh, just got it again. So uh, Even though uh, those are some pricey games... As far as the backwards compatibility sale went, yeah, like I mean, other stuff was like two fifty, right? And like the Call of Duty stuff was all twenty bucks. Well, look, if you're gonna sell, um, there's no reason not to to make it any lower if it's selling like that, right? Well, you look at that retro zombies map pack that's going for like forty dollars or whatever. Mm. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like a map pack is fifteen dollars. I don't know what's going on. I mean, but well, it, part of it I think is because like we talk about, you know, or in Pactor talked about uh, maybe not this week, or last week. I can't remember. Sometimes I can't remember when I watch them on YouTube or when I watch them on Sifted. Yeah. But he talked about how you know you've got people in the AAA space. The, the the audience for that there's people that buy one or two games a year. Yeah. If you're buying one or two games a year, spending forty bucks to make a game you already own have more content probably isn't that crazy an expenditure. Yeah. Whereas with us, we're buying games every week. Like another forty bucks for a game we already spent sixty bucks on. It's like that's crazy. But yeah, like, for us it's an either or. Right. For them it's like more. Right. I guess that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I, you know, when I see that something that costs that much as a DLC thing selling, I'm like that must be to people who just don't spend any other money on games. It's still dirty on Activision's part too. Yeah, but their, again, it's like their if, customers like that. If their customers didn't think it was worth it, it wouldn't sell that well. You're right. So, the market I mean, gets that's, what that's the, market the market will pay for. Yeah. Uh, Yakov226, Rhyme is coming out next week. What are you thinking about now versus when it was announced? Huh. I, I'm less excited for Rhyme now than I was before. Just because of the, the troubles? Or? The troubles, the delay, um, the jittery platform announcements. It's coming mm -hmm. to this platform now. It's not coming to this platform. Um, it just doesn't seem like the studio is all that organized in, in the development cycle for the game, which makes me a little nervous. Uh, there has been a lot of gameplay coming out for that game over the last couple of weeks, and it looks pretty good. Um, 
I mean, look, I'm going to give it a whirl. Yeah. I have, I'm, I've been too excited about it in the past to not at least try it. Uh, but I think my expectations are a lot lower. Because generally, if you have a game that's that good and that amazing, you know, basing that on where I had kind of placed it, uh, you don't have these problems during development. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't have it. Like, you don't hear these crazy stories about games being delayed, taken off of one platform, uh, being exclusive to a platform, and then going multi-plat. Like, you don't hear that, like, if a right. game is amazing. Um, and I think, you know, some of this stuff that's happened is probably the result of the game not coming together the way it was supposed to or the way it was originally intended. So um, I'm still excited for it. I'm just a little more nervous about it. Hmm. I don't. I was never particularly enthused to begin with, but yeah. uh, well, this we got to realize this was during the Zelda drought right. before we had Breath of the Wild. I'm, I mean, I'm that's curious. the other thing. Like Zelda's come out now, and yeah. so the draw for it isn't quite what it was. But I'm curious. I'll play it. I mean, I like I like how it looks. It's about all I can say about it at this point. Uh, here's a question from Vin. Congratulations, congratulations once again. Uh, name a game which hasn't been leaked, hinted at, or announced which you would like to see at E3. Metroid. Yeah, we're on, we're <laughs> on all board on that one. Um, doot, doot. Uh, in, the, in the realm of like Sega saying they're bringing old stuff back, I would love to see a modern Streets of Rage. Mm, I feel like the beat-em-up thing is over with. Maybe. But how about a Streets of Rage Souls game? That would make more sense. Because then it wouldn't just be this repetitive slog of just yeah. beating people up the whole time. Either that or, like, I mean, I think I think uh, the Surge has somewhat proven that you can put a more complex combat system moment to moment in there and For make sure. it work. And I think you do something similar like that with Streets of Rage, make each fight like a real thing as opposed to just mowing down endless bad guys. Yeah. Uh, you could have something there. Uh, the other thing I would love to see come back from them is uh, Shinobi. Yeah? Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Since the PS2. Well, actually, really? there, was a, there was a 3DS yeah, game. Yeah, there was, yeah. But that didn't count. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'd just like to see a Shinobi collection at this point. It's very hard to, to, to find a decent copy of Revenge of Shinobi these days. For me, it's Ninja Gaiden. Mm. After Team Ninja re- redeemed itself with Neo and proved that it could make an excellent game, I am jacked up to see the next Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I think you'll be waiting a while. I think I might. But, um, you have to at least wait through Neo 2. Yeah, I know. You think so? I think so. I don't know about that. I think they'll get a Ninja Gaiden out this gen. They have to. No, they don't have to. It'll sell better than Neo. Maybe. And Neo sold pretty well. I wouldn't, I mean, mind, Ninja Gaiden, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Ninja Gaiden that took some lessons from Neo. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and obviously it will. It'll be informed by mm-hmm. Neo. Neo looks great, plays really fast. Um, I would be really stoked to see a new Ninja Gaiden. Uh, especially now that Itagaki's kind of gone and completely out of the picture and all his kind of, I wouldn't say cronies, but a lot of his more loyal people that worked with him there have now left and they're working at Valhalla with him. And now that team has really become sort of Yosuke's team. As long as they keep going back and playing Razor's Edge a lot to remember what they did wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point because that game was bad. Uh, so yeah, and Metroid for both of us. I, yeah. I think we'll see a Metroid at E3. I think Retro Studios, that's exactly what it's been working on, and I think we'll get a first, at least a first trailer or something. Justin Horman asks, Shadow Warrior 2 just came out for consoles after being PC only since late last year. Are there any other games that are only available on PC that you think you could, could do well enough with console controls to take advantage of the console only audience? Quake Champions! Have you been playing that beta at all this week? No. I haven't either, man. I wish. I wish I had time. I wanted to give it a whirl. But Quake, if there's one game that's only PC right now that I want to play on consoles and will work on consoles, I think that's it. 
Um, I was. It's not done yet. Maybe that. So maybe it will come to consoles when it's done. But I would say Kentucky Route Zero. No. Uh, which is a different way to go yeah, with yeah, this question. Sure. But uh, I think more people should play that game because yeah. it's amazing and it's still not done. And God knows when it will be done because what the the, the last episode that was that was like what a year and a half between episode three and episode four. Yeah. And they got one more to go. Um, but when that thing comes out fully, I would love to see it on every platform imaginable because it's great and people should play it. I know. That and it's in a Humble Bundle right now if you want to go get it. Uh, yeah. I know that a lot of people will say I'm crazy for saying this and think it's not possible, but I would love to see League of Legends on a console. Um, even if you have to pack in, like, a peripheral, and I'm sure you've seen these, Matt, those, like, PC keyboards that just kind of wrap around your hand and you have, mm -hmm. like, the keys, like, there to play with. Like, I would totally do that to play League of Legends while sitting on a couch. Um, it doesn't, it's not like a lot of RTSs where you use the whole keyboard to play. Uh, you can really play League of Legends with like around 10 keys or something like that. So mm -hmm. I would love to be able to kick back and play League of Legends instead of sitting like this like the whole time while I'm playing. So uh, if, I, if I could pick another one, that would be one for me. I know it will probably never happen, but uh, we can dream, right? Uh... JM Rain 99. I can never read the names that are in green. JM Rain 09? JM Rain 99. He's, 99. It's light blue on mine. He's green on mine for some reason. Yeah, I think those colors are random. Uh, hey guys, I bought a PSVR right away and now it has been sitting. I'm sorry. I hope you didn't listen to me and went and bought it. I mentioned, I think it was last week, that uh, I felt bad for recommending PlayStation VR now. Hmm. Uh, other than Farpoint, any other recent game or experience for the PSVR that I should check out? No. No. <laughs> I'll tell you the PlayStation... Unless you haven't played Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I um, The PlayStation VR game I've played the most in recent memory is Werewolves Within. Um, it's mm. a Ubisoft kind of group, like, board game. Uh, it works... It's a lot like Star Trek Bridge Crew. Yeah. It's more of a social-type experience instead of a, a hardcore game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would keep your eye on Bridge Crew in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, and the, I guess if you haven't played... Um, uh, I Expect You to Die, which was out in December. Uh, I thought that was fun. It's like a James Bond-style death trap puzzle game, uh, which is kind of one of those things. Kind of one of those things that only would would work in VR. I mean, you could do it normal with like a normal controller or a mouse and keyboard, but I don't think it would have the same impact. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Erebus Jones, what's the most overrated game you've played in the last ten years? Jeez. Overrated gameplay in the last 10 <laughs> years. Hmm. Well, I would say Bloodborne. <laughs> I know people will think I'm crazy for that, but... <laughs> um, hmm. That's a hard one. I might say Splatoon. That's um, another good pick. <laughs> um, That's another good pick. Yeah, I'm going back to Temp Tournament 2007 to... I mean, I would even say, on some level, Breath of the Wild a little bit. I don't, little think, bit. It's, I don't think it's one of the best games At the time, made. I would have said Skyward Sword, but I think uh, that thing happened where, like, no one can say anything bad about a Zelda game for, like, six months. And then and it's after, okay. like, six months, everyone starts to kind of come out of the honeymoon phase and starts to be like, yeah, this is kind of annoying. And I give yeah. it to Skyward Sword. Oh, now everybody, lost. when they talk about it. Yeah, yeah, Skyward Sword is now, like, the bad Zelda game. A lot of people, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Because so cause when it came out, no one could say anything. Oh, I did. And, man, I got oh, lit I up. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. 
I'd, I'd have to think pretty hard about about like. Even though I like it, uh, Darksiders One would probably make that list. Like, I don't think Darksiders One is as good as the sum of its parts. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, even though I like it and I played through it twice, um, we gave it. I think we gave it a two out of five, and I still kind of stand by that. Even yeah. though I, even though I like it, you yeah. Know, everyone's got. No, I can the, understand that. I can see. It's that. like how I really love the movie Equilibrium, even though I know it's trash. Yeah. Like for whatever reason, <laughs> I just like it. Uh. Here's one from Vero Sifted. Do you guys think with Scorpio coming out, we may see games released saying native 4K is exclusive to Xbox or PlayStation, meaning it's limited to 1080p on PS4 Pro or Xbox Scorpio as part of a deal? I don't think that's, that's a going great to question. Happen. That's that's a. I mean, job, I mean, you should float. I mean, that would be something like if you can ever float that in a marketing meeting, like somebody was going to hail you as a hero, but like. That, I, as a developer, as a publisher, I feel like I wouldn't want to make a deal where my game looked intentionally worse on another platform for any reason. Well, first of all, I don't think PlayStation 4 Pro... It's not going to be in a position to do it. It'll never be no. able to do it. I mean, You're it really may... talking about a Scorpio thing here. Yeah, or PlayStation 5. That's where yeah. it starts to get dicey when it's Scorpio against PlayStation 5. Um you, but I man, could see, I could see it becoming a thing that like they the individually they brag about like you know like we're in, native, you're checkerboard, four K four K native only on PlayStation kind right. of thing. I could see that happen, but I feel like it, that would be like just a, them, just a, it it a bullet. Be a it wouldn't deal be a deal that they crack with the publishers or the developers. But I could definitely, I mean, we we may see this with Scorpio boxes, all you know, only four K native, mm -hmm. like a little thing in the corner of the box or something like that. Um, because that's something that PlayStation won't be able to say. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if the marketing and the TV advertisements for Scorpio doesn't get a little techy and says, maybe even goes a little old school where they start comparing and they're like, here's checkerboard 4K, here's native 4K. Mm. Like I could see It's some, a differentiator. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, you could definitely come up with some like, you know, Sega does, Genesis does what Nintendo-don't style. Right ads of like some guy standing on a checkerboard and it's like is this how you want to play your game like right. only, you know every other square has game footage in it like right. but like, it, it, like where's the rest of it and then the, the rest of it unifies it into one picture kind of, yeah. yeah like i could see them playing they should hire us yeah we could <laughs> call us microsoft we, we, we got you on this yeah. one if you have any freaking games to play yeah that's the problem what game would they show in that ad yeah, because if it's Crackdown, Shane's not doing it. Yeah, I won't. I, that's where I'll draw the line. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh, another one from Vin. Since we haven't seen Vin for a while, we'll answer another one of his. How are you guys feeling about 2017 as a year in gaming? I think it's one of the strongest in a long time, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I agree. It's one of the strongest in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I honestly think when it's all said and done, it might be the greatest year in gaming ever. It's up there. Seriously. I mean, look, we're in a I mean, place where... I mean, where... call me in December, uh, you know, when it comes down to, like, is it better than 1998? But it's, it's on track. It is on track. And, the, I mean, the one issue is that the industry is so mature now right. that you're never going to have another year exactly like 98. Right. Where the three games that changed the industry happened inside of a month. Right. That's All because not... of the technology. Right. I mean, you could say maybe we had that opportunity with VR and PlayStation VR last year. 
Um, but unfortunately, I think like we definitively say that did not happen. It did not happen, right? And even in its second year, where it's kind of finding its footing, it's still not really hitting yeah. that point. Although, once again, I'll say off of off of the back of Battlefront, the Battlefront VR thing, Rogue yeah. One thing, which I believe only existed because of Rogue One marketing money. Sure, yeah. Um, if you make that into a whole game, I'll buy another one just yeah. to support. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people. That yeah. that is amazing. That's one of the greatest things, and I'm very excited about Ace Combat Seven. Which is Which delayed, delayed till twenty eighteen. Whatever you whatever you need to do, yeah, to make the, especially if it means making the whole game VR and not just like a section, yeah. Like I'm I'm in for that game no matter what. But it, so if you look at innovation, I don't know if you're ever going to beat ninety eight. But if you're looking at a year in gaming as great game, great game, great game, just great how game, many yeah. great games there were, I honestly think this year yeah. might be the best year ever. And I mean, we're only yeah. halfway through. I mean, It's tracking that way right now. Certainly if we get a Mario and God knows what else we don't know about yet, a revamped Assassin's Creed, like, you know, Far Cry 5 makes it, like, if Red Dead Redemption 2 makes it. I mean, there's a lot of heavy hitters still to come. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it could be like, you know, 98 may be still the better year in terms of, like, you know, landmark watershed games. But 2017 might be the best year in terms of, you know, back up the truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just dump them in the garage. I'll get to them when I get to them. Yeah, which maybe never in my case. Uh, Sweet Cheeks Magoo, my favorite name on our chat every week. Uh, how has your enjoyment or habits of gaming changed as you get older? And how do you think they will continue to change over time? Another great question. Because they're knocking it out of the park today. Uh, I don't know if, how much my habits have changed, but I know my wife's tolerance for video games has gone way down. <laughs> uh, playing Persona 5, which, by the way, I, I know we're going to talk about it again. I thought I had finished that game, and I don't want to spoil how the end of the game works, but I had finished the mission of the entire game. Right. Finished it, saved it, put it away. Done, Right. I'm getting ready to write the eval, and I'm like, okay, well, I just need to briefly check out the game plus. I had not finished the game. No. You're, you mean the mementos? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I That's where I was before when I was talking about almost being done. And I tried, because I was too busy doing other stuff and playing other stuff this week, so I didn't finish it. I did try to get through that final memento section on the weekend, and I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so long. Boring and long, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it keeps going. Yeah. Anyway, my wife will not let me play Persona on the TV anymore. Oh, my girlfriend, even last night, I, I had the PS4 on uh, when she was on the couch, and she's like, you're not going to play Persona, are you? She and cannot, like, the music. She's like, you know, music, yeah. I liked that at first. And she's like, I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we complained about it, and then I saw someone shot back at us saying, oh, there's 150 songs on the soundtrack. Isn't that enough for you or whatever? It's not like, when they only play one of them during fights. Right, over and over. And my wife, when your wife gets pissed off about something, that's when you know it's bad. Um, so that has changed. My relationship with gaming between my wife and I, that has changed a lot. Like, she used to try games. She would, when I'd have a new game, like, and I'd be playing it, she used to come home and be like, what's that? Tell me the story mm -hmm. about that. And what, who makes it? And blah, blah, blah. She doesn't care about gaming at all anymore. Um, she did play Pokemon Go for, like, a couple of days or whatever. But otherwise, like, her tolerance for me gaming and her gaming, completely hmm. kaput. She's uh, over it. So... Uh, that changes my perspective a little bit on gaming because now when she comes home, I'm thinking, what am I playing? Is the the audio going to annoy her? Do I need to put on my headset and charge my headset and play it with... It's so weird 
to be sitting here, my wife to be sitting here, and me to have like headphones. <laughs> just really bizarre. Um, but other than that, like um, there's a Norman Rockwell painting for yeah, you. Yeah, I would say that my palette for what I play has expanded. It continues to expand. I play more types of games than I ever have. I always thought that as time would go on, I'd kind of find these genres that I really liked and kind of focus on those, but that's not been the case at all. Um, I play a lot more genres than I ever did on a more regular basis, and I think a big part of that is just that the overall quality of games is just continues mm-hmm. to go up. But I also think, I, I find the same thing is happening with me, and part of that is because a lot of the genres I used to like that went dormant have come back because of the indie scene. Yeah. Point-and-click adventure games are back. Space sims are back. Like flight ga- arcade flight games are back. Side-scrolling yeah. games are back. I mean, you're not limited to you know. There's a period there where it was like you you know triple A games and sort of the, the odd B-list game. But now like you can get almost any kind of game you want from the indie scene. Yep. I mean, good. Yeah, I've even started playing some of the visual novel stuff, and like some of that's really good. Yeah. Like, all the good writers are apparently over there and not writing for Atlas. Yeah. As far as I can tell. And it's what we talked about before, too, with the middleware and the tools that are available now. You don't have to burn all this time just getting up to speed or building your own mm-hmm. engine. Uh, it's really just like drag and drop. Yeah. Or just, and just like snapping things together. That, even things that like are throwbacks to things I like back in the day that I don't want to replay, but I want to play something like them. Cosmic Star Heroin being a, you know, go check that game out, people. Like, like. The Boyd Games needs the sales for one thing, <laughs> and uh, it's if you like Fantasy Star or Chrono Trigger or Sugaden, Cosmic Star Cosmic Star Heroin will uh, be your heroine, both in in with the E and without the E. Um, and it's short; you can finish it in like two days. Let's see. Maybe answer one or two more. Uh, Mixic or whatever keeps asking me about Logan. Uh, I still haven't seen Logan. Trust me. As soon as I see Logan, I will say something at the end of one of these shows. Uh, I have also not seen Alien Covenant because I'm not stupid. And um, you fooled me once, Ridley Scott. Not gonna fool me again. There you go. Nah. Uh, I'm gonna go see Wonder Woman though. Here's the last one from The Legacy. Does the pressure to complete a game fast for review take away enjoyment you would have if you played it at your own pace? Depends on the game. Yeah, it can. It absolutely can. Um, It depends on a lot of things. It depends on the game, and it depends on the deadline um, and how early you get it. Um, Sometimes, like it used to be with Nintendo, sometimes we get Nintendo games like a month and a half before they hit retail, and you have plenty of time. Um, but even Nintendo's really tightened that up over the last, like, four or five years, where you get it, like, a week before. With a game like Breath of the Wild, it was almost impossible to get it done in time. Um, I think more often i found that, like, especially if the game is good, more often I find it a relief to be done with the work and go back to play the game more. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, if the game is good, it, it, it survives becoming work to some degree. Yeah. Um... Dark Souls on a deadline sucks, though. I'll Any, tell you that that's much. what I was saying. It depends on the game. Any challenging game, mm-hmm. if you're playing it on a deadline and you didn't get like a month before the deadline, yes, it absolutely affects your enjoyment of the game. Like, I can't even imagine playing Persona on any kind of deadline. I, I'm still baffled that these people got this got it done for Embargo. I still cannot I mean, understand Some people it. I know had it like two months out. Oh, okay. Um... There were some some of the outlets I, I found out got a reviewable copy like way in, in basically in February, uh, okay. like around the time it was supposed to originally come out. That makes sense. Um, so some of these outlets had a, 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 an adequate amount of time to get through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, challenging games on a tight deadline it will absolutely affect how much you enjoy it. I think 
the longer that you've done this, though, you learn to calibrate it. Like, mm -hmm. you, you realize, oh, I'm getting frustrated because I'm on this deadline, but you also don't let that actually play into how right. you evaluate how much you enjoy the game. There are some games that, like, eventually get to the point where I'm like, I don't want to review that. Yeah. Like, uh, I love the I love the early Assassin's Creed games. I hit a point where I'm like, I'm not going to review that. I yeah. reviewed Assassin's Creed one and maybe two, I think. And after that, I'm like, I just want to take my time and have fun with these. Yep. Um, same with like when Shenmue three comes out. I don't want to review that. I want to take my time you and enjoy do, it. Play it how you want. Yeah, Yakuza. I wouldn't yeah. want to. I wouldn't want to review that. In part because again, that's another crazy game to have on the deadline. Yep. But I like to you know if I'm a completist about something, I'm not going to probably want to review it because I'm going to want to take my time and go through it my own pace. Yeah. If it's just sort of a straight up a game I'm going to play, like that's different. Or a game that like where completism isn't a big deal. You know, it's like we're you're not trying to fill in that whole you know that hundred percent completion thing. Like uh, even in that sense, Dark Souls is actually a better game for review for me because I'm not worried about getting every single item and every single thing. I just want to get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, but it can't it can't happen. But I can't think off off the top of my head any examples of like games that I just didn't like after reviewing because I, it had been such a terrible experience. Because reviewing a game is really pretty easy as jobs go. I'll right, we'll take one more because. Here's one of our subscribers who's on the stream who's been asking the question several times. I want to make sure we get his answer. Uh, JReadVix7 asks, How much do you think new console SKUs have hurt software sales? How much will they continue to do so going forward? Doesn't seem like publishers and first party are on the same page this gen. Have they hurt sales? Well, he said how much. I don't, I mean, because everything's compatible with everything, I feel like that's not really a big factor. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're, well, I don't know. I think Scorpio may be hurting sales a little bit. Maybe people are waiting to see if these games that are coming out for Xbox One are going to work on Scorpio, even though Microsoft has said that they will. The, the average consumer doesn't know everything we know. I think The average consumer doesn't know that Scorpio exists. You're right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't right. think that's a factor there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, maybe it, after E3? Yeah. Maybe, I, could, I could see, like, you know, certainly with, like, if you're waiting for the Scorpio after it's announced at E3, maybe you're not holding, you're holding off on buying games because you're waiting until they look good on the, your, your new Scorpio. That doesn't, that's not going to start to eat into software sales probably until the fall because there's not much coming out during the summer. Especially but, for Xbox. Yeah. But, I mean, again, we're also looking at, uh, you know, this fall we're going to find out was last year's, you know, drop in sales for all the AAA stuff, was that because of last, was that a last year thing or is that the new normal? Or was it people, like he says, waiting for better hardware, worried that the new hardware of these games won't work with it? If those people were there, then how the hell did the Xbox One S sell, sell like it did? Yeah, you know, like it's, I, I don't think the, the, the people that make these things big million seller hits are not informed enough to know that that new hardware is in the pipeline. For to for to impact whether they're going sales to on that buy a game or not. I, think. I agree. Yeah. Um, and again, as long as they're compatible, it's not... I don't think it's going to be a big shot, to, shot, in the, shot in the foot, Yeah, basically. I agree. So that's going to do it. That'll wrap it up for Game Face episode 88 right here on Sifted Games. Hope you guys have an excellent weekend. Uh, E3 right around the corner. We're going to start ramping up. Mm -hmm. A lot of other shows have already been doing their E3 predictions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we want to wait till it's a little closer to the show. It's still a month away. Uh, I get these sites have invested a ton of money in E3, and we, we used to be guilty of it at GT, too. Like yeah. we, And it wouldn't be our decision. Well, the other it would be the guy who wrote the check for the budget who right. would be like, hey, you guys should probably start hyping up E3 because we're spending a metric ton of money on it. Well, so. it's also kind of a... 
you know, there's actually games to talk about this May, which yeah. there aren't always. That's true. Yeah. So we have not been without topics on Game Face at all. Uh, but we'll start ramping up for E3 very soon, folks. So everyone have an excellent weekend. Game Face is up and out. <laughs> Thank you.